When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure, why not? We're recording episode 555 with Mr. Dan Libby. One of the OGs. You were on episode 30s, you were on in the 40s, and then your last appearance was episode 69, the Wuhan clan. And then you vanished, and (laughs) for a year and a half, I haven't been sure if you're dead or not. I'd get cryptic calls at 2 in the morning. Tommy, I'm on an interstate in Montana. I'd be like, what's, are you alive? And then, you know, and then you'd vanish for another couple months. But I always say this, but I truly have to say it for you, for all of the new listeners, which is 99% of people now, please introduce yourself, man. Mm. Hey, I'm uh, Dan Libby, a retired Air Force, um, just uh, living the retired life, kind of working part-time, but uh, other than that, just enjoying the enjoying life. Yeah. Yeah. I took uh, about a year and a half off, Tommy, um, and then I picked up a contract uh, with a company called Watermark Risk Management. Uh, where I'm doing uh, physical security assessments for Department of Interior. So um, that's been a good job. It's a part-time thing, keeps me traveling, and uh, get to see a lot of the country in spite of what's going on with uh, COVID and everything else. Uh, it's, it's been interesting uh, travels, to say the least. Hell yeah. And, uh, oh, I haven't told you, so uh, it's been about a week and a half now that I'm permanently banned from YouTube. So <laughs> we're on... Rumble. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, had, had on too many doctors that didn't tow the party line. The, literally, the yeah. world-class, the guy who invented the mRNA vaccine, and then I also had on Dr. McCall, the most published cardiologist in world history, testified before the U.S. Senate, had them on, and YouTube was like, stop spreading medical misinformation. And I was like, I am talking to the most esteemed people in the world about this. and uh, But because they suck uh, Xi Jinping's dick and... Uh, they don't like Uncle Sam. They gave me the boot, and good, fuck them. But um, yeah, man. Well, that's where we're at these days, man. Uh, censorship in the name of fact checking, which isn't censorship. You know, it's not fact checking. I mean, it's censorship. Let's call it what it is. You know, we've lost a lot of our uh, you know freedom of speech over the last year and a half, um, and it sucks. It sucks. Uh, this cancel culture, man. They, uh, I, I don't know what it is. They just don't appreciate opposing narratives i suppose i'll put it that way it's and those who have the power to shut you down will do so 100 percent, 100 percent, and it, it's the whole fallacy of the slippery slope and well it's just alex jones but he's talking about reptilians and eating kids so he's got to go well then it's just milo and then it's just the sitting president and then it's just anyone who is right of mao and you know there's 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 a legitimate concern when when things, you know, originally it's uh, the Wuhan lab leak theory, right? You'd get, I'd been banned a couple times for that, not permanently, but, you know, and then John Stewart went on Colbert and talked about it. And, you know, if you look at all the comments on the video, it was like, because then there actually did start to be evidence about it being a lab leak potentially. And then YouTube decided that that was allowed. And just like that, everyone's like, oh, you're allowed to talk about it now. But to me, it was a very interesting and important thing to see that this thing that had been deemed verboten 
was now deemed okay to talk about. And aside from the whole aspects of that and implications of who gets to deem what can be talked about, well, what we saw was is it's not that all of a sudden it became true. It's that it was true this whole time, and now you're allowed to talk about it. But this entire time no one was allowed to talk about it is like dirt over like a T-Rex fossil. Like we, that was time we were not spent uncovering the truth. So whatever is being banned now, if one day they say, oh, it's been proven true, so now you can talk about it, it would be proven true a lot quicker if everyone was allowed to talk about it. And I know I'm ranting, but, you know, there's one thing I always think of, and I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast a couple months ago, and he was like, what is, he was like, you have to truly ask yourself, what is the concern with, with fact-checking and, quote, misinformation? And it's, well, you don't want people to believe harmful things. And then, okay, well, do you, the individual who's defending censorship, are you scared of believing this stuff? If Tommy says that Hillary Clinton personally released coronavirus from Wuhan, you hear that? Are, are you concerned with believing that? Well, no. I mean, I can, why not? Well, I, I think about it. I look at it and I can look at the facts. No, I don't think it's true. So if you think that people are not able to do that, what you're passively admitting to is you're smarter than the individual and you think for them. That's what you're saying. If if you're allowed to be hit with misinformation, Dan looks at me and goes, Barack Obama is an alien and he raped me. All right. You know, Dan, maybe you've maybe you've been away for a while and, you know, but all right, <laughs> you know, shoot, go for it. Personally, I don't believe it. I'll, maybe I'll look into it. I'm pretty quickly going to debunk it in my, my, my mind. But if I go, we got to remember. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But it's oh, go ahead, go ahead. You know, so the point is, is if you're pro fact checking, but you're not concerned about you yourself falling for it. What you're passively admitting is, is you're smarter than everyone else and you need to think for them. And that is an insane slope of 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 state censorship of we know what's right for you, citizen. Sorry for that, but it's yeah, yeah, it's no, no, you're right. I mean, it, it, you know, you remember listening to uh, uh, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell mm-hmm. when he was still alive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And some of the crazy stuff that came it's out insane. in his shit. And, you know, it, it's continuing today, but I mean, it's it's limited as well. Um, you try and get on the Internet, do some searching on some of that stuff. And a lot of it's, you know, it, you won't hit the things that you're actually searching for on any of the major search engines. Um, and, and the thing is, uh, back to your point about how, you know, other people are thinking for Americans who are they claim, you know, they're acting as if. They're smarter than the average American. Um, and, and that's probably because, uh, for one reason, Americans have accepted what's been happening. And by that, I mean, uh, it's little by little. So we lose a little bit of, of stuff. You know, the president starts, President uh, Trump was being censored on Twitter, you know, because of things he was saying. And then that became a norm. At first, it was like an outrage, you know, hey, how can you censor the president? But then it became kind of a norm. And then you start seeing censorship in other areas. Well, that's become a norm. Um, you see the cancel culture pressing with everything that they can try and cancel over, over the last year and a half. And that's kind of become the norm. So people have just gradually accepted it. Um, it's unfortunate because, you know, anytime we give away our, our freedoms, we don't get them back ever. And we're losing our freedom of speech. You know, you've been censored. Everybody, lots of people have been censored for stuff that they said that doesn't go along with the current political narrative, whatever that may be. Um, and, and big tech is the one doing it. It's crazy. You know, um, it, it's 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 frustrating as an average 
human being, uh, American, living in today's day and age, right? Where I can no longer say the things that maybe I want to say without it being censored or or uh, somebody coming after me or harassing me or things of that nature. You know what I mean? It never used to be that way. Uh, people used to be able to speak their mind. But then again, people also used to be able to speak their mind face to face. I remember growing up, uh, when we were kids, we'd be on the, the playground or we'd be at the park or something, you know, and some bully would say something and you'd get the hell beat out of them, right? Well, there's no immediate retribution for anybody saying, talking smack over the internet, right? Or social media or anything else. So they'll either get censored or people just will scroll by or whatever and not listen to it. But there's no retribution for it. Um, and who, who are these fact checkers? You know, these, these guys are like the bullies on the block right now. You know, they've shut everybody else up. And they're just getting their word out, and there's there's nothing really you can do about it. I mean, if we're kids on the playground, they get the hell beat out of them, right? But that doesn't happen these days. So it's it's just it's just a sad state of affairs, man. There's an interesting uh, immediate switch you can see, where like let's take Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right, kind of like a a, a liberal icon, and and then like two months ago, or maybe I think it's like six months ago. He comes out and goes, uh, mandatory vaccines, this is anti-human, right? Like, especially for something with a 99.99% survival rate and a vaccine that there's no liability on and that there's proven to be 13, now we're at, what, 13,911 deaths, which from 1990 to, from 1990 to 2020, 30 years combined, across 70 vaccines combined, there was 8,000 deaths. In nine months... There's been 13,900 deaths from this. But that's, again, another rabbit hole for another time. Point is, is he started talking about that and instantly. You mean, you can, I mean, it's not just like the rumors and gossip. I mean, you can, you can see him being unpersoned in real time on Wikipedia, on Google, on the little thing. Robert F. Kennedy, a known far-right conspiracy theorist, and it's like, what the fuck? This is a guy that they were jerking off to because he told Trump, my generation doesn't build walls, we build bridges. And everybody was, yeah, queen. And then he steps out of line and the fucking, the Politburo, the Central Committee, he's a far-right conspiracy theorist. Overnight, done, slit your throat, you're finished. To me, that has got to act as a red pill to some people. It, oh, yeah. It, sure. it doesn't matter, right? It's like, are you? Did you get the vaccine? Well, yeah. Did you get the second shot? Well, yeah. Did you get the booster? I didn't get the booster. Well, it doesn't matter if you got two shots. You are now just as bad as unvaccinated. Well, did you get the fourth booster? I did. Well, that guy that only got the third booster, he's now unvaccinated. It shows that nothing you are, there is no solidification. There is no, you know, there's no loyalty. It's every step forward, you have to be right there with them or you're fucked. And like what you said about when we give up a freedom, we don't get it back. Um, Dr. Federer, a, a professor and author I've had on here before who just talks about socialism, compares it to like one of those like wrenches where you, you turn it and it clicks and then you go back. Once you get that, you can't go back. You, it's, yeah. it's the cog in the, it's the cog on the, whatever, the grinding thing, right? It, it locks a tooth into the hole. You can't go back. And the next one comes slowly and it's, at first it's outrageous and then it's normalized and then the next one comes and it's just slowly but with the power of a glacier grinding down yeah. your freedoms it's with yeah. a tech savvy yeah. guy like yourself yeah okay oh, go ahead. Go ahead. no 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 i was gonna say a tech savvy guy like yourself what are your thoughts on on i'll explain it really quickly i came up with an analogy last week talking with a professor and dan as you know i need you know i talk my ass off so i'll make this analogy quick 
but it's about the whole cancel culture and everything. And the analogy I use is imagine you're in a football stadium and everybody has a panel. One side's red, one side's blue. And a question goes up on the on the big screen. And it says two plus two is four, hold up the red side. Five, hold up the blue side, right? Everyone holds up their answers. You're going to be somewhat influenced by the fact that you're looking around this arena and you see 90,000 other red panels. But it's also that also can act as a solidification of your standpoint. You go, I'm pretty sure it's red. Versus, I'm sure you know what a panopticon is. It's a panopticon for everybody listening is it's a form of a, it's a form of jail where there's a central tower, and around it is a circular building, and the circular building are all the jail cells, multi-floored, you know, full 360 degree, like a thousand cells. They can all see the tower, but the tower is wide enough and tall enough that they can't see past it and see other cells, so they can only see the tower. The tower can see every single cell. When you're in the cell, you can see no one else but the tower. If that same question goes up on the big screen and it says, you know, two, two plus two is four, or A, four, hold up your red thing, and then B, five, hold up your blue thing, and you hold up your red one, and you can't see anyone else. There's 100,000 other cells around you. And then a little thing on the intercom comes in. By the way, you can't talk to anyone else because there's COVID. So they have you sealed off. So it's just you in the in the, in the the screen, right? And the little voice comes in and goes, Tommy, yeah. you're holding up a red panel. And I go, well, yeah, I think it's four. And it goes, just so you know, 99% uh, of people are holding up blue panels right now. And all of a sudden you go, oh, shit. You know, some people, some hardheads go, I don't give a fuck. It's four. A lot of people go, yeah. Oh, I'm the only one holding up a red panel. And they go, yeah, dude. And you go, fuck, I guess it's blue. But what you don't know is everyone's holding a red panel and everyone is getting a little message just to their jail cell. No one else. Promise. I wouldn't lie to you. They're all saying you're the only one holding up a red panel because the guy in the center wants everyone to be blue. So a tech savvy guy like yourself, Dan, do you see that as a possibility with, with AI, with bots, with just public misinformation and, and psyops is it, it are, do you think that's a possibility that the whole cancel culture we see isn't actually a culture but rather a select few you know it, it could be a select few i mean people are bombarded bombarded with whatever's in stream media right trying to get alternative points from a media source is difficult these days you know you have fox have uh in and maybe a couple others but um the vast majority of people will you know watch cnn or whatever just to get the regular news or they try and get it from you know facebook or from twitter or from whatever right uh, I, I think a lot of times people live kind of in an echo chamber they they have their own opinion about something or they've developed an opinion based on the information they're consuming and then they just go out and seek that information to uh you know to, to basically agree with that school of thought. So for instance, uh, you know, using your example there, two plus two is five, right? Blue. Okay. So, you know, they're getting, hey, it's it's five across Facebook. They're getting five. It's uh, across, you know, news media and stuff like that. They're getting five in their Twitter uh, feeds and they're getting five in their Snapchat feeds or whatever. So uh, they're going to go out and like, hey, they're going to start being that drum proving, hey, two plus two is five, right? Because that's what they've accepted. Um, now, if they get introduced to an alternative idea, they might even reject it up front because they're so ingrained, so indoctrinated into this two plus two is five thing um, because that's all the information they've been given on it and they accepted that information. And now if you try to reason that out, 
that two plus two is actually four. Yeah. Eh, no, it can't be. And you're an idiot. I'm like, listen to you. Therefore, you can't have a seat at the table to discuss things. I think that's kind of what we see going on right now. Um, and, and, and it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, people have accepted these uh, conditions, if you will, the social norms, or it's become a social norm just because people have remained quiet or they've accepted it or what have you. Um, there is a lot of people out there that are fed up with it, absolutely fed up with it. You know, um, the cancel culture has gone so far that they, they kind of ran out of things to cancel. So they started looking at names of birds because they were named after people that were quote unquote racist at one time or what have you. And so now we've got to cancel the name of these birds and change the names so that it doesn't conform to somebody, you know, who named it back in whatever the hell time it was that, you know, owned slaves or what have you. Is it that, doesn't matter. Is that real? See, it's just... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just one thing to the next. It's one thing to the next. Um, you know, uh, uh, religion is one of those things that, um, you know, believe in, don't believe in. It shouldn't matter, right? It shouldn't matter um, if you do or not. Uh, but because people can't see a God right now, they don't hear God's voice, they don't, um, you know, all these kinds of things, well, the cancel culture would be like, well, it's it's fake. It's fake. So, you know, we got to cancel that too, because instills religion instills um, uh, thoughts in people that are contrary to what we believe. You know, for instance, uh, religion will cause people to value life, you know. Um, so then you, you have the abortion issue come into play with, with political events. Now that's not a political issue, right? Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a my, my body, my choice thing on one end. But then on the other end, it's like, well, somebody says, hey, that's a living thing, right? That that fetus is a living thing. Um, well, no, it's not. So we're, we're going to discount you because that's based on religion. We can't see a God, so therefore it doesn't exist. We're going to cancel it. I mean, it's, it's just as an example, right? Um, look, look at the, uh, uh, the shot issue right now because that's a major issue, getting the vaccine, okay? I, I have friends that have gotten the vaccine. I have friends that have not gotten it, and they are divided. It seems like they're divided right down the middle. And to me, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, get it if you want. Don't get it if you want. Um, force it on people. Now that's another issue. So I've, I've always had an issue, you know, with mandates across the board that say, you must do this because, okay. So let's take the mask thing, for instance. I will wear a mask when and where I need to in order to shop at the place I want to shop or travel if I need to travel. I'll comply with those things sure. um, because right now that that's the requirement. Otherwise, I've you know, I have to seek alternatives. Well, it's not practical, unfortunately, for me to seek alternatives, right? Um, but I will say this about the masks that we've been wearing, you know, in the beginning of this pandemic, we stated that N95 masks were the only masks that really prevent particulates from entering and exiting your respiratory system, right, to some extent not cloth masks, not any other mask. And it, it needs to be properly fitted, right? So that it seals around your face. I'm starting to grow my facial hair back in preparation, you know, for winter. So I'm getting my, my winter beard going here already. Um, but uh, a cloth mask doesn't prevent any of that. I mean, have you ever been around somebody that farted in public? You know, <laughs> your nose picks up particles yeah. of whatever's coming out of them and your brain registers that as a fragrance, right? Yeah. So think about that. Somebody farts, it's going through their underwear, through their pants, maybe even the seat that they're sitting in, and you're smelling it. It's the same with this damn virus yeah. in a cloth mask. It's the same thing. Um, 
but you know, eh, no, we need to wear masks. We don't need to wear masks. Uh, you know, you need to wear them at certain times. You don't need to wear them at certain times. Um, you need to wear them in public, except for when you're sitting down in a restaurant to eat, then you cannot have, you know, then you can be without it. it, it all these kind of strange like things. Um, it, it, it makes me wonder what is the point to all of it really, you know, getting away from, you, you know, science, scientific arguments or, or facts that may or may not exist surrounding that. Um, as a whole, it's been accepted that, okay, somebody tells us to wear a mask, better wear a mask, right? And like I said, I, I do it to some extent when when I have to in order to um, travel or, you know, get the goods and services that I need. If they require it, fine, I'll wear it. Um, but, you know, it's the norm, right? It's the norm nowadays. So if it changes next week and they say don't wear masks, everybody stops wearing a mask. Then they come out and they say, okay, well, the Delta variant came out, so now we got to wear masks because that's even worse. But we don't have any tests yet that can distinguish this between the original and the Delta variant unless we get a culture and send it to a lab and, and whatnot, right? So how does, how does that test – how can you say most of the, the new cases of COVID are the Delta variant when those tests don't zero, hardly even test for it? Zero possibility yeah. of anyone doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, so now, but hey, but that's accepted now, right? So, you know, you look at we're coming out of last year with all the lockdowns and all the paranoia and all that stuff. Now we got vaccines. We we got people saying before the elections, you know, hey, if, if it's a Trump vaccine, I'm not going to take. It. Uh-huh. And now after the elections, oh, it's our it's our vaccine, so we're going to take it. We're going to make everybody else take it now, right? Yeah. Um, so the story changes all the time. It always changes. It's... So what's the point? You know, we we see the Delta variant come out, and all of a sudden. You know, people are starting to enjoy their lives again, get out more. There's concerts. There's, you know, all this other stuff's happening. People are traveling the highways again. I, I see it when I'm on the road. Um, and now it's like, oh, there's a Delta variant. We need to go on lockdowns again. Well, wait a minute. Why? Why do we need to go on lockdowns? Yeah. You know, it, we're, we're driving towards one thing right right now. And, uh, you know, you may get canceled. I might get canceled for saying this, but, you know, I believe that COVID lockdowns and stuff did have an impact on, on people's ability to vote and the outcome of the election um, for the presidency. Percent. And now we're moving towards, uh, you know, midterms in 2022. Got to have a variant for that, baby. We're going uh, to need Epsilon or I fucking Gamma or whatever. I, 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 would, I would expect we're going to see multiple variants come out between uh-huh. now and then. Um, you know, they already got what is the, the WU or something or the NU uh, variant now that's yeah, followed mo- up on the mo- Delta variant. Mo- yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, hey, spoiler alert. Right? Look so up the Greek alphabet and you can find all of them. It's spoiler alert. <laughs> no, you're going to see that. And it's, you're, there's this weird, there's like, it's like I'm a conservative leaning guy, you know, in, in, in 2009, I voted for Obama. I was 18. I was liberal. In 2012, I voted for Romney. I was pre-med and working my ass off, and I didn't want anyone to fucking make me have to take a pay cut due to Obamacare. 2016, my life was in the shitter. I was super depressed and uh, voted for Bernie because I just wanted the simplest way out. 2020, I voted for Trump because I moved home and started work. I change and grow as an individual. But one thing I stopped doing about a year ago was... I stopped watching, or I never, I mean, I haven't watched TV in over a decade, but I mean, like, I stopped going to, like, conservative news sites or subreddits because what I was seeing was, it's kind of what you're saying about, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And you just see this, yes, no, yes, no, like Pavlovian, ring the bell. And it was, anytime Trump said something, 
the liberals would just anti-Trump no matter what. Which, okay, sure, I guess respect your enemy. They're, you know, determined to stop him. But it got me thinking, they don't have any set view. Because he can say anything he wants, and they will always take the opposite view. So ultimately, if Trump wanted, he could just start saying the opposite of what he wanted, and then they would push it through. And then when you get to that point, you realize you have no determined belief system. You just see the opposite of what he says. And now whoever controls him controls all of you. So I stopped looking at like conservative subreddits and shit because I realized if I'm conservative, like if I take a political test and it says I'm conservative, then I'm conservative. I don't need to go to a subreddit to receive my talking points and talk to a bunch of other people who all agree with me and we're all jerking each other off, right? Just like I don't need to go to, you know, you know, hot babes daily. I mean, why not? But I don't need to go to because I'm heterosexual. I cannot be on the internet for 20 years and then get on the internet and still take a test and they'd go, yeah, you're heterosexual. I don't need, you know, I don't need talking points about you like boobs. Me too. Boobs. Good. It's like, and at the same time, I don't need to see the things I don't agree with. You know, what did you hear about so-and-so? Well, did Trump say or did, did Bernie say? Well, then you don't have a defined belief system. So what I stopped doing about a year ago was looking at the news. And I just, I look at things and I go, how do I feel about that? And then I might go on the news and be like, oh, that's actually a liberal talking point. And I'll go, huh, today I learned that I have a liberal viewpoint on X, Y, and Z. But when no one is doing that, when it's all about what is the party line, left and right, we're, we're turning into these, again, this Pavlovian ring the bell. Put the masks on. Everyone puts the masks on. Just immediately. This is what we're doing now. And if you don't do it, you're a fucking Nazi. Dude, we are very quickly turning into... It seems like we are, just like the Galapagos Islands, we are diverging into two species very quickly. The unvaccinated that we cannot, which I'm soon to be a part of, I can't wait to make enough money that I'm on my own compound out in New Hampshire, fucking <laughs> killing deer with my bare hands and just doing the podcast on a hand crank radio. We're very quickly turning into two things. And as Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA vaccine, said, take any headline from today and replace unvaccinated with Juden. And you can very easily see how 1933 Germany happened. It's, yeah. I don't really know where I was going with that whole rant, but. Well, you know, I, I think what it comes down to is this. Um, people need to open, open their eyes. You know, okay, let's call it the woke moment, right? Woke, woke isn't what it really means. You know, what it, they're trying to define it as today. Yeah. Um, woke means wake up and see what's going on around. Okay. Well, here's what's going on around us in the last year. Right, just a little cheap, cheap man. What's happened in the last year? Murder hornets, right? We had murder hornets in the last year. Um, these Asian freaking hornets that come over here and they chew the heads off of bees and take over their colony and eat all their stuff, right? Now in Japan, I think that's where they originate from. I could be wrong. Anyways, um, the, the native bee populations where murder hornets are found have developed a way to deal with them. They basically swarm them and create such a vibration that the friction oh, yeah. causes so much heat that it basically cooks them and kills them. Yeah. So, but you know, our bees haven't developed to that. And so how did that get over here? I don't know. But that happened in the last year. And this is all, you know, during COVID, COVID lockdowns and everything else, right? Um, we had a huge cicada population this past year, you know, this year actually, right? 
cicadas all over U.S. hatch and hundreds of thousands of them. And all of a sudden, recipes start popping up for cicadas. You know, cicada pie, cicada stews, cicada gumbo. And yeah, you can eat them, but it wouldn't be my first choice. You know what I mean? Um, but that was that was kind of a big deal. We've had locust swarms so big in Africa this past year that they can be seen from space. Jesus, like the cloud. Right. That's how big. That's how big it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's incredible. So you, know, what am I getting at? I, I'm I'm seeing maybe some plagues going on here i don't know maybe um there's a deer wasting disease that has made its way into tennessee and it's starting to move across the state uh of tennessee and it's found in a whole bunch of other states right now and it's similar to mad cow disease in a way that um in a sense that it affects deer it causes them to like lose their minds and not eat and they start dropping their uh their fur and it's unknown yet if it is uh if it can jump from deer to man right mad cow disease i remember when that happened i was deployed to uh turkey in 96 and there was a mad cow disease breakout that happened in england and in england they had to round up all the cattle and basically slaughter them and burn them, mm-hmm. right start from scratch well all the cattle all the, all the beef that we were eating on base in turkey was coming from the uk prior to that so i don't know maybe someday there's something going to be rattling around in my brain you know causing there to be uh, swiss cheese up there but who knows <laughs> um but the deer wasting thing is kind of like that um and then you had the furry pus caterpillar found in virginia now it's been native to uh, uh, Texas, all right? But it was it was found in Virginia this past year, and it's a very cute, very furry caterpillar. But if you touch it, its fur is so venomous that it causes like painful, painful stinging, hives, swelling, uh, burning sensation, all that kind of stuff. So you just kind of leave it alone, right? I say don't touch any fuzzy freaking caterpillars. Um, but how weird is that? That it was native in Texas, and now all of a sudden it's in Virginia, right? So you got that going on. You got the whole censorship thing going on. You had the burning and the riots and all that stuff. And, and you know, you had COVID, which uh, decided that it wouldn't be spread massively on its own. It just decided, hey, I'm not going to be spread at any of these riotings or these lootings or, you know, these mass protests or whatever. Um, but I, I will spread in your church. So don't, yes. don't go to church. You know what I mean? Sturgis bad yeah, let's, BLM. But play. it's okay. To, yeah. Um, Sturgis even. Sturgis. Sturgis is bad. Why are we going to Sturgis? That's going to be a mass spreader event, right? Um, how is it any different than any protest or anything? You just got a bunch of people hanging out, enjoying the same things, right? In in, in public. Who cares? Um, but whatever. And, and let's move on to other things, right? You got the coin shortage. Where are the coins going? Where have they been? You know, um, the Federal Reserve says, yeah, yeah. The Federal Reserve says that they there's not really a shortage. They're just not in circulation. Now, I don't know about where you live, but where I live, I constantly will go into stores or shops and I'll see a sign that says, you know, due to the coin shortage, you know, we prefer blah, blah, blah. Right. So I did some, I did some checking. The Federal Reserve said that they minted in 2010, 14.8 billion coins. So that's between from pennies all the way up to silver dollars, right? 14.8 billion. That was in uh, 2010 and 2020, they had an increase of 24% over, well, excuse me, let me back up. In, in, in 2019, it, it went up significantly, right? It like doubled, like 39 billion coins or something like that in, in 2019. And then in 2020, they increased it by 24% over that. So, so you got billions and billions and billions of coins being produced. Where are they? Where's this, why is there a shortage? So I don't be, get it. That would be 49 billion in 2021. Yeah, what is yeah, that? Yeah. 
So where'd they go? Where'd they go? I don't know. Is I don't know why that one's hitting home with. Sorry, go on with your list. I do want to get back to the coins. Keep going with the list. Okay. All right. So I, I bring up the coin thing um, to talk about some other shortages. All right. There's a microchip shortage right now. Mm-hmm. If you go to car car dealerships and stuff, it's very very difficult to find a new car on the lot because a lot of people were buying them during the COVID event or whatever, and they've run out. And they they say that there's a shortage of vehicles, mainly you know aside from the the COVID worker shortage. Uh, there's a, a a microchip shortage, and now it's starting to, to, to spread into other areas: computers and phones and this, all kinds of other automated stuff. Right? These this, microchips are this new iMac. It uh, I mean, two years ago I got a laptop, I ordered it, and I picked it up the next day. This new iMac, I ordered it seven weeks to get it. Yeah, back in July. Sorry, go on. No, 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 no. So, so you got a microchip shortage, you got a coin shortage, okay? You've got a silver shortage, which uh, depending on what kind of search you run on the internet, it's, it's either, yes, there is a shortage of silver in the world, or no, there's not a shortage of silver in the world. But I do know this, silver is used in making solder, it's used in making microchips, it's used in making a ton of things, right? Um, and so for any, any investors out there, you might want to look into this. Uh, this is not... Dan would be advocating for a specific investment or not, okay? But if you can buy silver, buy silver. If you can invest in companies that are mining silver, maybe you want to invest in those for a little while too. You know what I mean? So then they can keep up the production. But you know what? There's a shortage. There's not a shortage. Nobody knows for sure, okay? Rhodium. Um, Rhodium. If you've seen Rhodium, Rhodium's, I think Rhodium was like $1,000 an ounce in 2014. As And then I think in 2019, it went down to like $300. As of yeah. last week, it's at like $35,000 an ounce. It's something like 100 times more valuable than gold right now. What the right. fuck's going it's, on? But why? Yeah. yeah, what's going on? Um, you know, there's. I've been traveling a lot over the last year and a half. There's a rental car shortage. Like if you don't book your rental car, I mean, months in advance, you might not have one when you travel. Um, why is that? Because a lot of rental cars, in order to stay afloat, these rental car companies, um, they sold off a lot of their fleet during COVID. Right. They auctioned them off. They did whatever so that they could raise some revenue because people weren't traveling and buying them you know, or renting them. Um, now there's a demand for them. And so there's a, because of the demand, there's a shortage of rental cars. There's a shortage of ammunition. Hell, there's a shortage of everything right now. OK. Um, you know, there, there's just a shortage of everything. But then, you know, OK, so there's the shortage of all these metals. Let's go back to these metals real quick. Right. How is it that in this shortage of metals? that we have this mysterious metal monolith show up in Utah and then vanish and then show up all, in various places all over the world. Like, where did that come from? Who's got the metal to do that, right? I don't know. I don't even know what it was made out of, but I thought it was interesting, like a big hoax or a joke or something, or, you know, a college prank maybe gone wild. But dude, I, what the heck, I, right? There's an Instagram post about that. And FYI, I think, I think we have, like, a couple-second delay, so I'm sorry if I'm interrupting you. But there's an Instagram That's post right. of that monolith, like, last year. And it's like a mysterious monolith shows up in the desert and it's just like monolith appears humans, bro. 2020 is not the year for this. Like it's not the fucking year for this. All right. <laughs> Great prank. Not today, right? buddy. Not today. But yeah. Yeah. There was a shortage of toilet paper over the last year. Well, and a half, yeah. Right. Massive shortage of that. So, so what did that teach us? Well, it teaches us that, you know, if you get a upper respiratory virus that can kill you, 
okay, toilet paper will save the day. Yeah. To, gotta, the most abs- that was toilet. the most absurd fucking thing. I just remember thinking, I was like, what is, what is behind this, right? It's like if right after yeah. 9-11, you know, like plywood went through the roof. And it'd be like... Oh, dude, it's still... Yeah. But it, it'd be, I'd be, I just mean it'd be like something absurd like that. Like, buy your rubber bands and it'd be like, to protect me from an airliner hitting the North Tower? Like, it's this absurd disconnect that's panic. It's... Yeah. Dude, if 2020 taught me fucking anything, I had always wanted to, in the back of my mind, to go kind of live somewhere a little more remote. If it has taught me anything, it's, you know, once this podcast makes me enough money, beeline to the woods in New Hampshire. I want a well... I want solar power. I want lumber. I want to be able to hunt. If 2020 taught me anything, it is, if 2021 is teaching me anything, it's how this, this dance of society, which is great. I love it. But just on time shipped to anything to, you realize how much of a fucking carefully choreographed domino system this is. And any one punch can knock this whole fucking thing. And just like that, you have people screaming and throwing cinder blocks through Walgreens and, you know, invading the Capitol. Like, very quick, as Tim Dillon said, this is what happens. He goes, America, like it or not, we're meant to work and not think about anything else. That's what we do. We just work. And when you take away people's jobs, within three months, they're burning cities from coast to coast, and you have a guy in horn standing in the middle of the Capitol. That's what happens when you take away work. All right, we don't handle it well. It's, <laughs> well, you know, they say that that people that that are out of work, you know, get to travel to beaches and stuff for a week at a time. But people that are working don't have the time to go do that. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's just really weird. It doesn't make sense, you know. If you're making, if you're working and making money, you should should be able to set the time aside to go do that. But you know, a lot of people can't. Um, it, it's it's just an amazing what's the transformation in our country been under. And, you know, united, divided, but this last year and a half has done nothing but divide us. It's divided us politically, socially, economically, and the divisions are getting getting worse and worse, um, farther and farther apart. And uh, it's, it's tragic, man. It is tragic. And it makes me wonder, you know, what kind of America my grandkids are going to grow up in, um, to say the least. But, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's the times we live in. So, Crazy times, right? Shortages, murder hornets, all that other stuff, right? What else Let's is take on a look your at list? Some of the, yeah, uh, what else is on your some, list? Yeah, yeah, some of the other stuff. Um, the FBI conducted a ton of new background checks for new gun owners in 2020 and 2021. Um, in 2020, they did 39.7 million background checks for gun, you know, gun purchases. 39.7 million. And so far this year, as of June, uh, it's, it's at 22.2 million. So it's on par, you know, to maybe uh, match that by the end of the year. Right. Why? If there's such a push in the country right now, you know, for gun control and, you know, let's, uh, uh, uh let's defund the police and let's do all these things. Right. Then, then why are more people buying guns? It can't be just the conservatives that are doing it. You know what I mean? I, I have friends on both sides of the aisle. And I have friends on both sides of the aisle that are new gun owners in the last two years. But, uh, okay, it goes back to, well, you tell people they shouldn't have guns, but then you go out and buy one. Kind of defeats your argument. I don't know. But it's weird, right? It's a weird time we live in. Um, and then then you look at 
are vulnerabilities from, let's say, a cyber perspective that have been highlighted in this last year, right? You had, um, uh, let's see, you had the oil pipeline hacked and shut down, right? You had, that was a big one. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the oil pipelines and stuff in this country, um, but that one was, uh, let's see, what was it? Trying to remember, was Colonial Pipeline. Mm -hmm. So there are underground pipelines that span all across the country from ports to refineries to storage facilities so that the fuels can get moved around. Um, and, And not a lot of people realize that those things run right through some of their towns, right through your hometown. You know, you might have a pipeline underneath the ground there that's pushing diesel fuel, gasoline, oil, you name it, right? Um, and all of a sudden, Colonial, which is one of the biggest ones in our country, gets hacked, and oil prices shoot way up right away. There's a scare. I saw people in my hometown here taking 55-gallon drums on trailers and filling them up at the gas station, you know, before the gas station started saying, hey, uh, stop. We, we can't get any more fuel, so knock it off. You know what I mean? Um Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So how, how does that happen in a country that that is so great, has so many resources and is so strong and powerful? How does that happen to us, right? It's like, it, it just highlights the fact that we're vulnerable. Or vulnerable even more so now because you've got all these people that are laid off work or not working or whatever and just kind of like cogniz- cognitively sleeping in a mm-hmm. sense. They're not really as aware of what's going on other than what they're getting from, you know, major news feeds and stuff like that. They're not contributing. They're not developing anything new. Kind of, you know, you've got a, you got a vast majority of people that are like that, right? Um, and so so we're vulnerable. In fact, we're so vulnerable on the cyber side. Facebook had a data breach that uh, exposed personal information of their users of five, 533 million users. So they had, a, they had a data breach and 533 million users' personal information to include phone numbers and email accounts and all that kind of stuff um, was compromised this past year. Microsoft Exchange servers were compromised and even impacted the FBI. Um, University of California schools were hit with ransomware. The DC Police Department was hit with ransomware. Um, we already talked about the Colonial Pipeline. Uh, Scripps Health was hit with malware. And then there was an Irish healthcare um, uh, database that was compromised and sold or pretty much given away on the dark web um, this past year. So, I mean, it's just it's just happening all the time, right? Now, why didn't we hear about these kinds of things happening two, three years ago? Why, why are we hearing about them now in the midst of a pandemic? Is it because hackers now don't have a day job to go to and so they're bored and, you know, they just try and figure out ways to do stuff at home because that's what they're doing all day long or what? I mean, where's, where's it coming from? Um, I don't think that that's the case. I think that it might have even been happening before, but it didn't get much attention maybe because it was suppressed. It's suppressed or or possibly just, uh, yeah, not working. You have the need for, I mean, true 24-hour news, right? Not just fluff, but maybe they're just everyone's at home, everyone's on their phone, 
it just I'm just throwing it out there. It might just be a market response to that. Hey, we need stories and we need it all. And if it, if it bleeds, it leads. It might be. It's probably something more nefarious because in reality, it always ends up being something like that. But just thought. Well, it, it, and that has driven some major blunders, um, in my opinion, strategically, you know, foreign nation. Um, you know, we colonial pipeline gets hacked. And then there's a conference between our government and Russian government or whoever. And, and from what the news was reporting, the conversation kind of went like this. Uh, don't hit these infrastructures, Russia, or else. Yeah, these, right? are, these are our important ones. Yeah, yeah, don't touch these or else. Well, I, I can tell you when, when I was in the military, if we ever told our enemy, hey, um, don't hit these things or else, then I've just told them my most cherished and valuable assets, right? And what are they going to do? They hit those first. Don't, I would. Don't hit Tinian you know? Island. That's where yeah. we have two special A-bombs. Don't hit Tinian. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so there's some major blunders going on there. I don't know how that happens or why. Um, and really we might not ever see the, the results of that or the reasons behind that, or maybe even effects anytime soon. Um, but it could happen, but it just begs the question, like, unless, unless you're going to tell your adversary, Hey, these are things that you cannot touch because you have set those up in a way to ensnare the enemy or keep them so busy trying to get into that stuff. Cause it's not really that valuable. It's just kind of a trap form. And then we can keep doing what we're doing. I mean, that I, I, I would make sense. But even that, I wouldn't do publicly, ever. You know what I mean? It, whenever I see something like that that seems so absurd on the face, I always imagine there's got to be something else to it, right? It's like the presidential motorcade, and then what you don't know is the president is actually in, like, a, a white van in the last, like, three cars. Like, But they're all guarding you know the lim the limousine the right it makes sense right it's you have air force one and all the security what you don't know is the president's actually on some helicopter that's just painted like a news chopper right whenever i see something like that i can't help but think it's it's there's got to be something more to it i just don't for better or worse i don't believe these people are incompetent i don't necessarily mean that they're good people but whenever i look at anyone in the white you know people say about bush or obama or trump i when you say they're, you don't have to like them, but don't say they're stupid. You you cannot be stupid to get to that position. And if they are stupid, then that just means you and I are retarded, which I, I think is probably still up for debate. But it's, yeah, it's it seems like there's got to be something more to it, right? Don't hit these power plants. Yeah, and 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 that's questions I always ask in the back of my mind too when I see something like that. When I go, hey, there's there's a blunder of, you know severe consequence is that really a blunder or is there something else going on yeah. in, oh, and this was done this way and for what reason like like the example i just gave you know uh it's been reported hey you know these are our top 10 things you know don't touch them or else okay was that a warning was that a red herring was that oh crap i just gave away our top 10 assets you know on the cyber side that uh, they probably shouldn't have. Who knows, right? Yeah, that's just never discussed in the open. What what was behind that? Um, so I mean, we we may or may not see the results of that. Um, but it always always gets me wondering, like, okay, why? 
Why am I seeing that now? Yeah. I didn't see that two years ago. I didn't see it four years ago. I didn't see it six years ago. Um, why am I seeing that kind of thing now? I mean, because we've had hackers attack the U.S. for years. Oh, forever. Yeah. For years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why Why the, uh, the public front to it now? I don't know. Um, it's, but it's, it's, it makes me ask some questions, weird questions, you know. Um, here's another weird question for you, Tommy. Okay. <laughs> why, 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 what resources are in Afghanistan that would be uh, an incentive for China to be there? I was just right about to, I was literally about to interrupt you to bring that up. Like, what did we see at the, okay. so on that, so on that theme of what do we see going on at face value that may not make sense? You know, I have my friends who, who, oops, wrong button. I have my friends who text me and they're like, they're like, what is, we're leaving all the rare earth minerals, right? As we move, like some people are like, well, we're leaving Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. We don't need the oil anymore. We're moving to electric cars. Well, what the fuck is in Afghanistan? It's all the lithium that we need for these. What is the face value of leaving the Saudi Arabia of rare earth minerals to China and Russia? And why are we leaving all this military equipment and this is my five dimensional chest theory we're leaving all this all this weaponry to the Taliban so that they are equipped and then we're going to do a false flag of the Taliban via China in order to sort of judo China into the Middle East because we just saw how effective they how <laughs> effective the Middle East is at sucking trillions of dollars out of us so we figure why don't we right it's like if you were in like a horrible toxic relationship and then you had an enemy, you'd be like, I'm going to try to get him to date that girl because I know how fucked up she is. So are we leaving we are we leaving weapons? And then are we going to see a bunch of guys in turbans shooting up Beijing airport or something? And then China goes there because we know that they're going to get sucked in for 20 years and trillions of dollars. And meanwhile, are we one step above? Are then we taking our resources that are no longer in the Middle East? And are we building them up along the, the ring of fire or the Pacific deterrence initiative? Is something going on just that's just you know, or is it or is it this simple? Are we just stupid? The, and the possibilities the possibilities are endless, yeah. right? Yeah. Possibilities are endless. Um but but you know, you look at the natural resources that are there and why didn't we take advantage of that? That's another question I have, you know. So, you know, a lot of natural resources that you find in Afghanistan are things like copper, gold. Uh, we talked about oil, there's natural gas, right? Uranium, oxide, coal, iron ore, lithium, chromium, lead, and zinc. Those are like the major ones there. Idea. We know in the Cold War, the CIA set up 10 front companies to buy titanium from the Soviet Union because they were the main exporter of it, and that we used that titanium to build the SR-71 Blackbird. We used Russian soil to spy on Russian soil, which I think is brilliant. Are we doing that, judo China into there to not only expend their military resources, but know that they're going to mine all that stuff? Can we just set up front companies and then buy all of it from China and publicly say, China's there raping their land and taking their precious minerals while we're buying them all from China out of the back door? Is that... Sorry, I keep, Again, inter I keep it, interrupting. It, it, I get excited. <laughs> No, no, you're good. The, the possibilities are endless, man. They are endless. Um, and both of those scenarios can play out that way. Um, I, I can say this. it's. I, I feel like we have lost kind of a strategic positioning in that region. 
yeah. right? Because being in Afghanistan didn't just put us there because of the Taliban or whatnot. No. Um, but you got India and Pakistan nearby there who both have nuclear weapons and don't really get along too well, right? So did that positioning give us the opportunity to kind of keep tabs, better tabs and watch over that? I would think so. 100%. You know, I would think so. And if we've lost that, then hopefully we've made that up in some other areas where that's no longer necessary for us to be there. Um, did we prevent, you know, further terrorist attacks because of being in Afghanistan and using special operations forces in the intelligence community to kind of ferret that stuff out? I would say yes. Um, I would say we probably will never read about those things in our lifetime. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Who knows? Depends on if we have whistleblowers, you know, that come forward like Snowden did on the NSA spying thing or not. Um, but I think there was a lot of good things that, that were actually happening there. Um, there was a lot of tragic things that were happening there. You know, we lost a lot of American lives over there and parents don't have answers to questions like, why did my son or daughter get killed over there? For what? Yeah. And if you look at the way we, we left and the manner in which we left, I think it enraged a lot of those uh, parents. I mean, I personally know a few people that are pretty enraged by that. Um, and so I, I've got no words to console them, uh, nor would I try, you know what I mean? But uh, it just leaves so many questions. You know, what did we do good there? Um, what were the results of us being there? What are the results of us not being there? What's the plans for the future in that region? You know what I mean? Um, and, and the possibilities are endless. But I kind of feel like, well, if we were there for 20 years, we should have at least gotten something out of it, right? You know, um, what that is, if the public doesn't ever find out what that is, there won't be any satisfaction for the losses and the cost of us being there. Um, and that, that could plague this country for a long time. It's like our generation's Vietnam, you know what I mean? 100%. Um, but, but uh, you, you know, I, I feel, I feel personally upset about the thought. It's just a thought because it may not, may not happen, but, uh, you know, the thought of China digging up all those resources there, you know, the lithium, the gold, the, you know, uranium, all that stuff. Right. Um, and, you know, they, they have a presence in that area though. I mean, they've started deploying to places like Africa and, and stretching their military might be on their borders for the first time in ages. I don't know, the last few years. Yeah. Belt and Road Initiative. Um, well, yeah. And now, and now you're looking at, you know, them wanting to go and take over Taiwan. Right. And telling Japan, Hey, if you get involved, we'll nuke you. <laughs> Who says that? Nobody said stuff like that in years. You know what I mean? Is, it, it tells me, though, that there's no deterrent for talking that way. Is is the move to is the move to suck them into the Middle East to rob them of resources for their Belt and Road Initiative? I don't know. Could be. Who knows? But it depends. I mean, if if they have a good if they have a good standing with the Taliban, like they publicly said that they do, right? And we know that the Taliban basically owns Afghanistan at this point in time. Um, What's to stop them from doing good stuff there? How how long will it take the Taliban to turn on? Them? I, mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we had the CIA over there in Afghanistan forever, right? Helping the Taliban fight the Russians. Mujahideen, yeah. Right? And then and then we had them help us, you know, fight Al Qaeda in a way. And now then they became the enemy, right? And then them and ISIS were fighting with us in Afghanistan, both at the same time. You know, so it's just it's kind of weird how allegiances change so if if the taliban is friendly with china how long will that friendship last and what's what's going to be the results of it 
ultimately. I don't know. Maybe we do know that, hey, the Taliban's going to turn on them quickly and it'll become a long, drawn-out fight. Would China stay in that fight or would they not? Who knows? I mean, they've been developing so long without having huge influence in Afghanistan. Can they live without it? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? It, it all depends, I guess, on why they're there and how much it means to them to be there. To me, what makes... it's, it's, it's too many questions, man, in the world, man, and very few answers. To me, what makes the most sense is that China's Belt and Road Initiative is essentially their attempt to do what America has been doing for seventy years and have bases wrapping around the globe. And the best way to do the best way to curb this would be we can either meet them toe to toe on every face, like we did in the Cold War, or we could go, hey, we learned a thing or two from the Cold War. We know a better way to do this. Do we are we, is us leaving all of the machinery behind to the Taliban? Is that us doing a preemptive arming the Mujahideen with the shoulder-launched Stinger missiles? But we're doing it early, and we're making it look like a blunder. Well, you know, just like you know, don't don't hit these sites with a or with a cyber warfare. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right? Or what we doing is we're all just blundering Uncle Sam and Uncle Joe doesn't know where his pants are. Are we leaving all of this there to sort of? get ahead of it instead of having to arm them later on and be like, ooh, you're arming the rebels. What if we just leave it there, play it off as a blunder, then when you do a false flag, get China in there. Or you don't even need to do a false flag. China's just going to go there for the... So forget the false flag, Occam's razor. China's just going to go in there to get the rare earth minerals. That is now material that they're not using on their Belt and Road Initiative, which America, you can already see, we're already slowly posturing in Africa as it seems to do, as it and the surface appears, we are going there to posture against China's over the next two decades buildup of the Belt and Road Initiative. So is it a two-pronged move? Move our resources from the Middle East to Africa to face their Belt and Road Initiative or what eventually is going to come to it because we can see the writing on the wall. And the second prong is entice them with a honeypot of the Middle East, suck them in there, and then instead of having the bad optics of arming the Taliban, you can say, whoops, we just left it there. We didn't actually arm them. But what you, you know, I can give Dan a gun or I can leave a gun in my car with the door unlocked, Dan. It's right. There are better optics to it. Is this some just like six dimensional chess where the pieces take place over decades at a time? Because the Belt and Road Initiative, for everyone listening, is where China goes in, builds all these infrastructures and ports for third world nations, and then goes, oh, just pay us back. And then when they can't pay them back, China goes, oh, don't worry about it. You just let us use a, you know, whatever. Let us put a, a warm port here or use your infrastructure or air force bases. And then boom, they have bases all around the world, much like we have them in Okinawa and Ramstein and all over the place. Is that what we're doing? Two prong attack. Remove our resources and special forces, right? You can already see the, you can already see it in the speeches, right? Biden just last week mm-hmm. saying we need a posture against where he's naming all these places in Africa, which, by the way, also has rare earth minerals. So are we go in there to preemptively cut off China, and then also honey potting them into the crazy ex girlfriend of the Middle East, and we left a gun at the uh, ex girlfriend's house. Hey, I'm not, you know. I hope you don't find it, honey. I hope you don't get drunk and take it out on your new boyfriend. And meanwhile, China's in there. And by the time they figure out, it's two decades in the past. And then the next move is happening. Or are you and I, should we be hired by the Joint Chiefs of Staff because they can't see this play? <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. You know what I mean? I have, um, I have, I, I have no. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Actually, I don't, I don't know what's going on um, up at that level these days. I've been out of the game for a year and a half. You know what I mean? Uh, been out of the military for a year and a half, so I can't say with any certainty, you know, what's going on. Um, I, I see on the fringe of things, and I hear on the fringe of things, uh, 
a lot of concerns of my buddies who are, are veterans, as well as a lot of uh, buddies that I have that are still active duty, um, concerns about the focus of, of our military's leadership right now. And by that, I mean, um, you know, you've got people up there that are focused on, you know, critical race theory and inclusion and all these different things. When it seems like there's more military uh, things that should be the focus rather than political issues being the focus, you know what I mean? Doesn't that um, seem like and so? That's a concern amongst. Doesn't that seem kind of like a blunder, though, when you see the like generals talking about critical race theory? Doesn't it seem like this is too simple? This is why are the general? Is is it that simple? Is it is it? Hey, Russia, don't hit these sites. Doesn't it seem a little? I mean, I I felt I got really angry well, about it, but doesn't it seem like low hanging fruit? Like, doesn't it feel like well, we get you, duped? You know, you, you would think so, okay? But, you know, I, I was in during a time where Glenass Hotel went away, right? Um, so first it was, you know, gays are not allowed in the military, period. Then it was Glenass Hotel. And then it was, okay, look, you can be gay and serve. It's no big deal, right? And you be open about it. No big deal. Um, which is the right call. It's always been the right call. But here's the thing. Before the military lifted all of those kinds of restrictions, there was all this sensitivity training that we all had to attend, right? And, and we had to, you know, learn to be inclusive. Even back, back then, um, it was regards to homosexuals. And many of us had been serving with homosexuals and knew it and didn't care anyway. Didn't give a shit. Didn't matter. Yeah, who cares? You know, can you do your job or not? You know, whatever. Um, but but so so that was happening then, leading up to uh, just pulling pulling the brakes off completely on the homosexuality serving issue. Um, and now, uh, as, as I was leaving the military, uh, year and a half, two years leading up to, to my retirement, um, we were going through a new type of sensitivity training. And it started with this training called unconscious bias, You know, where basically there were, the, the training was designed to make us consider, are there things I'm unconsciously biased about? In other words, am I biased towards people of color? Am I biased towards, you know, uh, women in service? Am I biased towards, you know, what have you? Um, which, unfortunately, to, to me, it seemed like that there's much more important things for us to, to, to spend our time in the taxpayer's dollars, in, right? Um, but again, it's kind of like that trend. So we saw that sensitivity training coming up, and then they said, okay, yeah, you can serve. Now... Um, you know, I saw some additional sensitivity training, and now we're in the critical race theory stuff. But is that really important? Is that where a taxpayer dollars should be going to? I don't think so. Is, is um, it, the military historically has been used to kind of push social agendas on on the country? You know what I mean? Um, take take the issue of gay marriage, for instance. Right? There was a few states initially that said, "Hey, this is legal." You know, states like uh, maybe Ohio or some someplace, right? And then military couples, you know, same sex. Couples will get married in those states and then get stationed to another state where it was no longer legal, right? Um, Same-sex marriage wasn't legal. So how do you manage that from a military perspective? So that kind of helped put some pressure on the public system to say, hey, look, you know, we got these couples that are married and they're serving in this state. Now they're serving in this state and we're saying they can't be married anymore and they can't have the same benefits. What's going on here? You know what I mean? And so that changed in all states all across the military. And that was a way of kind of like introducing that in my sense, in my mind, uh, to the rest of society as an acceptable thing. Now, whether it's acceptable or not is, is obviously 
you know, up to, to people's opinions, whether that's acceptable or not. Um, and that's where we get our, all of our division, right? It's based on people's opinions. Hey, you know, my, my opinions are based on this religious upbringing. My opinions are, are, are you know, based in this um, liberal upbringing or what have you. And um, so those two things are in conflict and they collide, right? Um, but it's, it's something you saw the military being used for. So now the military is highlighting critical race theory, right? All uh, drama surrounding that. All kinds of drama, all kinds of all kinds of people getting in trouble for stuff, right? In the military, uh, we saw it in the Air Force. Uh, General Whiting, I think, had to relieve somebody of duty because they were uh, calling out calling out leadership on what they thought about critical race theory. You know, voice their opinion. I saw a Marine do that recently, right? And just resign his commission um, on stuff going on in the fork. And so, you know, why? Why is it in the public eye right now? Why is our military not focused more on um, defending our nation and our nation's interests at home and abroad, right? Why Why are they, again, being used to push this kind of political agenda? It doesn't make sense to me. And it sucks as a taxpayer. Because there's nothing I can do about it. I can't go, hey, my tax dollars are going to this, man. They shouldn't be. You know what I mean? I mean, like, stop it. Could it be? Just could it be preemptive? A lethal fighting for Could it be preemptive PR? Because they're like, hey, we're going to be pulling out of Afghanistan and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> could it be some preemptive brownie points? Look at us. We're woke. Well, you, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't. I think like there's always going to be distractors in everything. But I mean, let's think of like Eisenhower using the 82nd or the 101st or whatever to like write to you know walk those students to walk the black students to the white school to enforce desegregation, right? Which is awesome, which is yeah. a great thing. But ultimately, now, we now look back when that happened. We look at what's going on in the world scale. Was that anything more than? a little twinkle in the news compared to like mobilization against the post-World War II Soviet Union and atomic bombings and, and strategic air command and tank columns and Warsaw, like Korea. And it just seems like that's like a little, that was just like a thing that just appeared and it's sure good. Absolutely. You know, segregation is bad. But I mean, in terms of like what was actually going on, you know, how much did that affect the development of the Trident missile system? You know, it, like it, well, it, it know, didn't. Dan, it, I got to Dan, keep why, talking. I got to pee. I got to pee. Keep talking. Oh, OK. Uh, no, just wait. We'll put on pause. Let's no, wait. No, fuck you. Keep talking. <laughs> what I was going to say, Tom, and I don't know if you can hear this or not in your bathroom. Um, but, you know, why is a good magician believable? It's because of misdirection. Anytime something's happening that you don't want other people to see, you give them a shiny object to look at. And that, that could be anything, anything. Hey, look over here while I'm doing something over here. It's, it's classic. It's been happening forever. Um, I think it's been happening since, uh, you know, man was able to conceive a thought in his head. Um, so it always, always ask the question when you see stuff like that, what's, what else is going on? What else is going on? What's getting the most media coverage right now? And why isn't other things getting media coverage? Um, why are people talking about these things more than these other things? Um, it's, it's misdirection. So, yeah, that's always a possibility. Will we ever know for sure if that's what's happening? Don't know. Don't know, Tom. So. I think Tommy might have had too much coffee today. I don't think I've had enough yet.
But I do think there comes a point in time when uh, a silent majority is going to need to speak up on all of these things, you know, um, either demand answers and accountability, um, voice their opinions, even if they don't want to be heard, and uh, just kind of force those issues like they've been forced upon them. You know what I mean? Yes. Did you catch that, Tommy? Nope. Did you catch the magician reference? No. So right. you might might have to edit some of this out. But listen, no, so sure. what I was saying, what I was getting ready to say, was you know, um, talking about deception. Good magicians are believable because they can distract you, mm-hmm. right? You know, show you a shiny object over here while they're actually doing something over here. Take your attention away for a few minutes, and bam, now something disappeared. The rabbit came out of a hat. You know, who knows what? Lady got cut in half, and now she's a dude. You know, whatever. Um, that whole misdirection thing, right? It just, it just happens. Uh, they're good at it. And so if there are people engineering these sorts of events, um, they, they got to be pretty damn good at it. Because Think about this for a minute, right? The critical race theory. Let's just say that that is a shiny object to pull people's attention away from something else or to cause controversy, which in and of itself generates it's its own yeah. um, attention, distraction, right? How many people would have to be involved in developing that? And, and, and would they all be able to keep it secret? You know what I mean? I don't think you need I mean, that. I don't think you need that many people. I mean, I mean, at its height, only three people knew the f- the the full picture of the Manhattan Project. It was Leslie Groves. It was Truman. And, not sorry, Leslie Groves, FDR, and whoever the Secretary of War was. I think it. I don't think you need everyone on the inside. I think you can just, if a couple of people push the dominoes over, and everyone, and then everyone else, including those in the military think it is a real thing. We got to do critical race theory. That's when it comes across as real, right? You don't need, you don't need to keep the entire DOD in the know. You only need a, a handful of people. You can keep it very compartmentalized in, in my opinion. Not that I've ever fucking served and not that I'm in the Pentagon, but it's, I want to, I want, I want to pivot back to the coin shortage and the shortage okay. of other shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I think about what was it, summer nineteen fifty eight, where there was a national shortage of uh, of bug spray, like mosquito repellent, and it's because like the primary chemical in that was also a primary additive to the U two's fuel, and we were mm. really doing a lot of overflights, and there was a huge shortage. And anyone looking around would just go like, that's weird. You know, I, I talked to some guys and like, you know, at Dow Chemical and they said they're making as much as ever. And you'd go, huh, where is it all going? And it's, but it's bug repellent and it's fuck it, whatever. It just, it just goes in the public consciousness one and then next summer it's back. Well, whatever, no one gives a shit, right? It's just there and then not there, whatever. But you, you see, right? Or World War II, a little more overt, but right, I mean, we had... Right, we had a uh, steel quarters, right? Um, because the pennies, uh huh. There's and I, I used to have some like 1943 pennies. They're still they're they're fucking made of steel, because whatever we were using copper for whatever machinery or radios, I don't know. But um, when you see these things happening where there's just a, a shortage of this shit, or like um, 
you know, like uh, not, not the Manhattan Project, but the uh, Campbell, right? I love this. Campbell is in soup. Soup is in super. Super is in the super bomb. Developing the hydrogen bomb, which was that whole project was much larger than the Manhattan Project. And at its height, it was using something like 11% of the nation's power supply. But no one knew it. Aside from a very few people, no one knew it. It was just, if you had got all the information, you might one day come in with your clipboard and you go, Tommy, I was just fucking, did, did you know that we're producing as much power as we always have? But like, there's like a black hole in Tennessee and, and you know, in Nevada. <laughs> it's just go- And you'd go, huh, what an anomaly. And if you got really close, there might be someone knocking on your door that says, it's an anomaly. Let's keep it an anomaly. And you'd go, yes, sir. All right. I don't fucking want to, right? It's like Truman when Truman was on the on the waste fraud and what abuse or whatever fucking committee in World War II before he was penned as VP. He was going, I think he was already as a senator. He was going around, he was leading this committee and he was all about finding defense contractors that were abusing huge wartime contracts. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're double dipping here. They're saying they're producing twice as many P-51 Mustangs over here. And one thing he found was uh, a lot of money going into what we, what we now know is like the Manhattan Project. And Leslie Groves approached him and, you know, said, hey, you, you're doing a very good job at what you're supposed to do. This thing that you're going on, stop following this trail. And even FDR like gave him like the, hey, you don't look here. And he was like, yeah. Noted, noted. I won't. And he didn't find out till 13 days into his presidency that it was the Manhattan Project. So there's sometimes you do find these threads where the president comes up to you and goes, "You know, you're right. There's a thread there. Stop tugging on it." And you just go, "Got it, right?" I, I just I want to live a long life, right? Just that. <laughs> so when we're looking at things like the coin shortage, right? It's like the bug repellent in the 50s or the steel pennies or or the, you know, the power supply of the 50s going after the, the Cam, uh, Campbell. Have you ever seen that video? It's like, a, it's not Indonesia, but it's somewhere before a tsunami hit. And it's these people taking a video of, like, the shore. And they're just, I mean, there's, like, dogs barking and stuff. And, like, the dogs always know when something's up. And they're, like, they're just, I, th- I, don't, I think they're originally just filming. It was just, like, a home video. They're just filming their kids. It's somewhere in, like, Indonesia or something. And then all of a sudden like the waves kind of stop coming in and it's weird because that's just like a constant, right? I mean, the sun comes up Mm -hmm. clouds, there are waves. And then all of a sudden the levels just recede. And there's about 30 seconds of that before a tsunami comes. And I think whoever took the video died. It's, it's pretty fucking dark, but there's this drop in shit that implies there's something else going on. So it's either something's coming or it's being used elsewhere. The U-2 spy plane, yeah. the the copper in the war. That whole rant to say, when we're noticing these other things kind of dropping, is there something going on that's not just an anomaly? Huh, the Fed's still making all these... What What is it? Are they stocking bunkers? Are they really... <laughs> I mean, are they filling all the nuclear bunkers with shit? Because they're like, hey, it's getting hairy. What the well, fuck? You know, What's it, going on? It's like, okay, your average American, right? And this is to all Americans out here, public uh, service announcement. Are you collecting coins and hoarding them for some reason? Inquiring minds want to know. You know, it's like, hey, is, are people really doing that? I don't think so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I am practical about the things that I acquire and store for a rainy day. 
pennies and dimes and quarters are not among them. No. They're not among them. No. You know what I mean? What am I going to do with, with, with melt them down and forge them into something because I blacksmith every now and then, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, no. Right? Why Why would I use those alloys when I got something stronger, you know, like like steel alloys, right? Um, so I, it's, it's just weird, man. It's weird. And I always ask the question to the, to the people working the counters at these stores, real signs, right? So what? Are you guys really out of chains? Like, why don't you have any chains? We don't know. I don't know. Just don't put the sign up. We, we don't know. You know? So who's hoarding it? Is the treasury really making as much as they say they are? Is there, I don't know. Is there, is there maybe, gold in Fort Knox? Nobody knows because there hasn't been an inspection in years. You know yeah, what I mean? Since the 50s, so it's yeah. like, really, who knows? But yeah. is there even really a shortage and, and or is it just a sign? Trust and can, can you trust the information that you find that's what in I mean. open source these days? That's what I mean. I, I worked you know? at a liquor store this time yeah. last year. And yeah, we had a sign, a coin shortage. But I mean, every day we'd still get out the same coins from like the fucking bank bag and put them in our cash registers. And I remember asking the man, I was like, do we actually? And they're like, no, nah, not really. So is that just a sign? I mean, literally a literal sign, S-I-N. S-I-G-N, Jesus Christ. Right? Is it just, uh, I can feel good? <laughs> I don't know. It seems, it seems, in Raven Rock by Garrett Graff, a book about nuclear bunkers and the nu- and the and the relocation arc, all the continuity of government shit that started under FDR and all the way up through whatever was, I guess, last declassified. So it's kind of like early Bush administration. One of the things is, is like, I mean, dude, the, all the shit they stockpile will make your, make your mind spin. It is, you know, it, it makes preppers look unprepared. The, I mean, everything for, from typewriters to ink to shoelaces to oatmeal additives, like everything. And one of the things was, is they had this entire thing of billions of dollars printed and they have all these coins. And it was just for, you know, eventually when we all come back out into the nuclear wasteland and reestablish a society, you know, the, your primary things are all like like, like, like you, what you just said. For a rainy day, I mean, what, what do you want? You want ammunition, batteries, right? Clean drinking water, you know, iodine and, you know, MREs and, you know, mm, penicillin. Supplies, yeah, 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 yeah. And that it's true for the average citizen. But when your big dick Uncle Sam... You know, some of the things included are, I mean, in a, in a, with the, the Greenbrier Hotel, which was that backup for all, all of Congress in the nuclear bunker there, they had, uh, they had, uh, they had their favorite like liquor. See what happened there, man. Yeah, no, you're good. You just blocked out for a second. No, yeah, you're you're good. You're back. Um, right. But I don't know when all the, when there's a shortage of all this stuff, I can't I can't help but feel like it is all going somewhere. And to me, the most it seems like it's they're either building more bunkers. And that's not a conspiracy. I mean, Raven Rock by Garrett Graff is the best-selling book on Audible in 2019. I've had that author on here. These things are stuck to the gills, and there are thousands of these bunkers just all across the East Coast. If all this stuff is just seemingly vanishing, but we know they're still making it, well, then where's it going? Yeah, exactly. Where's it you going? know, um... I was I was recently scrolling through some old video footage from like the 90s, right? And I came across some investigative report that Jesse the Body Ventura had done, where him and this other guy had found, you know, uh, FEMA storage lots 
across the country and went and went explored one that had thousands and thousands of what they called uh, expedited coffins or coffin liners. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffin liners and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, he, he was asking me like, "What is this for? You know, why do we have all of these? What are we expecting to happen? You know, um, are we expecting a plague? Are we expecting you know a massive war on our soil? You know, like what kind of things going to happen?" And you know, I think people have forgotten some of those things because this country seems to have like short-term memory problems, right? But it might be even relevant today, more so uh, in light of the pandemic that we're going through, right? Like, why do we have all this stuff, and why? Is it FEMA storing this stuff? Why does FEMA seem to, to be able to provide the support that we expect when there is a calamity? You know, like Ida, like Katrina, like, you know, you pick a natural disaster, you know, uh, wildfires in California or or what have you, right? Uh, uh, power outages over the winter in Texas, right? Because all the wind turbines shut down from the freezing. You know, and where was uh, the government agency that was supposed to manage that emergency? You know, why weren't they able to support? Is it because they're too busy doing all these other things, you know, or just not enough of them or, or they didn't plan for that? I mean, that's a simple thing, right? Overlooking planning for those types of scenarios and contingencies and having those resources staged and in place to use. Um, it, it comes down to priorities. I know in the military, we always had contingency plans for pretty much everything, every scenario we could think of, right? And if we didn't have good plans for that, part of the IG's job on the inspection side was to create training scenarios for, for installations and units and stuff like that, uh, at least in the Air Force, um, to see if they were prepared for scenario X, Y, or Z and highlight deficiencies so commanders could work on them, they, they could allocate resources and funding, you know, whatever they needed to do. Um, does our government do that? Well, yeah, I mean, our government does uh, have contingency exercises like that, where they get emergency managers and emergency management organizations across the country uh, that they have cooperation with to do at least tabletop scenarios of these things. Um, but it was interesting watching that video footage of Jesse Body with her going, hey, you know, these things, these, these coffins are everywhere. And what are they for kind of thing? And why won't the government tell us about them? I think he had a good point there, like why that kind of stuff, why doesn't the government, government tell us about it, right? It's our taxpayer dollars at work. Why, why don't they just have uh, transparency and full disclosure on stuff like that? Um, anytime somebody is tight-lipped about things, it makes me wonder what are they protecting or why? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and some of those things absolutely should be protected. We have government secrets that absolutely should be protected. Uh, the public doesn't need to know them. Um, but there are things like that. It's okay. If you are using somebody's ranch or farm property to store thousands of coffin liners, plastic coffin liners on, why would you not uh, open up to questions about that in inquiries? Why not? I mean, what's the big deal? Yeah. I remember. So I'm sure there's more footage out there. I'm going to be going over and looking for more of that stuff because, uh, you know, once, once I started watching, I got, mm, how much of that applies to today? What's going on today? I don't know. I remember seeing a bunch of stuff. I think it was like 2011, 2012. I, I mean, I vividly remember being in my senior year at UGA and uh, like coming across like all these like photos. Was, yeah, just these like fields full of just these big like stacked plastic coffins. And it was like, I mean, are they planning on genociding us or it was like, did they expect something was coming? The the And obviously there's always a debunking for everything and we don't know if it's true or not. Eventually the explanation I found was that 
you were to put coffins in these because it was for like erosion. It was like, you know, during a flood or whatever, a tsunami and all these coffins start rising to the surface and then you could have all this disease spreading. Yeah, I don't really, since when does the government give a fuck about that and, and, and why do we have all, it seemed like we were preparing for some mass casualty event because they were finding these all across the U.S. And then the other thing was along the same lines of those coffins was uh, people starting to like take pictures of these trains no one had seen before. And there were these three-story trains, right? And they were they were too small for like cattle. And it, it looked like that's what you would put people in. And I remember fine because I remember I was high as shit at like two in the morning on this like on my laptop being like, oh, no we're fucked man we're fucked and he started hearing about jade helm and it was like oh man it's but and then right there finding fema camps and notice how the barbed wire is facing inwards to keep people in and dude i was right there like balls deep like oh it's over man it's over but then like you know knock on wood it kind of nothing happened and it makes you think have they always been planning for this? You know, what did Eisenhower say? I mean, quite literally about dead bodies in a thermonuclear war. We don't have enough bulldozers to push the bodies off the streets. Maybe we've always been stock and just playing devil's advocate. Maybe we've always been stockpiling coffins. And this is just we you found out about it. And it's like the reality is we've been doing this for decades or or, you know, around that time, did I think the DHS bought up like enough rounds for a 30 year war or something and it was like why are they preparing for this is it a war on u.s citizens are they preparing for civil war i don't know man it's i'm with you i'm, I'm tend to lean towards the more nefarious i'm like i don't i'll tell you what <laughs> that right there is an interesting subject today uh civil war right the second civil war there are people who are already in that you know, and that the war is taking place in courts and it's taking place in media and it's taking place, you know, in some cases in public. Um, and there's others that are saying that uh, it's not happening yet, but it's on the verge of it. Um, I get I get information from weird sources all of the time. You know, people I know, some some companies that I, I'm familiar with or whatever. It's, it's interesting because... Um, one of the things I've seen recently was, you know, a call for truck drivers to go on strike again. Yeah. Right. And, you know, today is what? It's the sixth, right? So in five days, September 11th, there's been a call for truck drivers to go on strike. Well, August 27th, there was a call to arms, you know, for militias to start uh, rising up, you know, and doing stuff like that. And and really, there wasn't any was anything that? like that. Hmm? What was the, the call to arms? It was it was just different militias, you know, trying to, to gain support, or it could have been some instigators or influencers on social media trying to do that. Um, but the one thing I did see was like, uh, uh, who was it? it? Was the Proud Boys got into a skirmish with oh, yeah. uh, Antifa in Portland, <laughs> yeah. and they were shooting paintball guns at them and stuff, yeah. right? Uh, okay, so they're already on the government's watch list, right? Let's be honest, um, both those groups are probably 75% FBI anyway, just fucking fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? Who knows? Um, but, I mean, uh, you know, you got the Proud Boys, you've got uh, the Boogaloo Boys, you know, that, that Boog, yeah. kind of, yeah, they, they, they showed up on scene during the, the, the January 6th event at the, uh, you know, in the house, right? Um, 
and there's there's other organizations, but nothing really materialized about that. Uh, one of the things that's going around social media right now is the black flag movement. You know, people are calling on conservatives or, uh, you know, um, what, what, rebels, in a sense, to start hanging blacked out American flags in their yards. Black flags have been used for a long time uh, during conflict as a sign of, hey, no quarter will be given here. You know what I mean? This is a place where if you're the enemy, man, you're not going to get food. You're not going to get medical attention. You're going to get dead, period, end of discussion. Um, and so there's a call for that as kind of a, a show towards the government of, hey, um, you better simmer down on this stuff and don't come knocking on my door for anything. Don't come knocking on my door to see if I have a vaccine. Don't come knocking on my door to ask me about guns that I might have. Don't come knocking on my door for anything. You stay the hell out of here. Otherwise, there's going to be no quarter given, right? Um, but again, it's, it seems like that's a lot of propaganda right now because I haven't seen any of that stuff yeah. going on in the public. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, where I get to thinking like, okay, who's, who is trying to instigate or orchestrate these things? Yeah. You know what I mean? Going back to deception and social media and all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, it would be very easy for somebody to influence a population into doing something they want them to do, whether good or bad, simply by using social media and human engineering, right? Yeah. You know, you you, you get to a point where, you know, you, you make a, a connection with people of like-mindedness and like values and like grievances more so, right? Uh -huh. And then you encourage them to do things and act on those grievances. Now, if somebody's trying to bait all these conservatives into this, into taking some kind of action, right, um, and they get that action, it would fuel the propaganda against all white conservative males uh -huh. of this age who own guns, who voted for Trump, are the nation's you know greatest um, risk to our security right now. Um, but that, that was another interesting topic, right? So risk, what's the greatest threat to our country right now? And that was something I, you know, I ran a quick search on the other day, and and here's what I came up with. And these are things that have been said recently that are the greatest risk. And I got I got to highlight greatest, meaning the one thing above all other things that threaten our our country. This this is the one thing. But unfortunately, when I ran that search, it's these are the one thing, right? Um, far right militias. Okay are the greatest threat to our nation, our national security. Break. China and Russia are the greatest threat to our nation's security. Break. International and domestic disinformation campaigns are the greatest threat to our nation's security. Break. Climate change is the greatest threat to our national security. Break. Systemic racism is the greatest threat to our national security. Break. And the list goes on and on. All of these things recently have been identified as the greatest threat to our national security by somebody. Supposedly somebody of authority who studies this stuff and knows, you know, that these are the threats, what have you. Now, some of that stuff came out of, out of uh, the intelligence community. Some of it has come out of, you know, um, other people that are studying culture and all these things, studying climate, studying whatever, whatever. But, you know, any given day of the week, depending on what's going on in this country, any one of those will surface again as the greatest threat to our nation, right? Could it? You want to, if you want to suppress somebody 
into staying quiet and staying off off the government's radar, or if you want to stir them up into taking action so they can be identified and rounded up or or put away in jail or prosecuted or what have you, you know, you can use social media to influence them to do just that. And so these things that I'm seeing with like the black flag movement and, you know, the boogaloo boys stuff, you know, is, hey, you know, support, you know, these guys by wearing Hawaiian shirts, you know, and stuff yeah, like that yeah. is the way to identify each other kind of thing. Um, you know, is that really somebody like heartfelt wanting to make some change and promoting that? Or is it somebody who's baiting these these people into taking some kind of action so they can be identified? Yeah. You know, and so it could go either way. But social media kind of controls that. It it almost kind of well, as soon as you're saying that, it started to like it started to get my mind spinning. Right? It's it's like using Patton as a as a like a pump fake, right? Or putting inflatable tanks. We're putting that yeah. that dead British intelligence officer with the fake plan or real plans, fake plans, so yeah. that the Nazis found it and said, "We know where the Americans are going to be." Is all of this? Is this also? Or is, do we not want, say, China or Russia to see, you know, that we're gearing up to do X, Y, and Z? I would think slowly moving into Africa and then the Pacific Deterrence Initiative. Are you pump faking by going, hey, we're doing one thing and we're doing one thing only. We're going to stop the GOP and these white militias. And you're holding this thing over here. And meanwhile, it's we're moving more bases to lily pads all throughout Africa. And SOCOM's going here. But, hey, we're going to stop these white terrorists. I mean, it almost seems like a little bit of a look at this. Look at this. I'm going over here. If I'm getting ready to invade Normandy. Yeah, I'm going to start putting a bunch of inflatable tanks in fucking Italy. Like, here we come, Italy, right? You really yeah. want them to take the right and then jack them at the left. When it's so overt, you're right, it seems like that. And, you know, I'm, I've, I've I read a great book, and I'm having the author on this Friday, This Is How They Tell Me The World Ends, by Nicole Perlroth, and it's all about these disinformation campaigns and these hacking campaigns and how, I mean, insane... I mean, just, even just just fucking with stuff like they would like like we knew rush we could find like russian agents how they would like they would plan uh like a blm like uh i don't know, like a barbecue across the street from like a blue lives Ma- or uh, uh yeah blue lives matter or like you know thin blue yeah. line just to just to make some fucking friction and it's yeah you got to start thinking how much of that is and man, that that's got me thinking. You know, I I am of the persuasion that I think the 2020 election was 100% fraudulent. I mean, I watched it pause in the middle of the night and go backwards. I've never seen that before. But and now I start thinking of like, was all the insanity we saw in 2020 was that? And this is I personally don't believe this, but was it all? I tend to think it was more leftist stoked. But was it actually Russian and Chinese? And did we see them prodding us into a civil war? And we were like, hey, these motherfuckers are about to fucking have us, you know, a house divided, can't stand. Did they go, hey, we got to get Trump out of there and we're going to put in the most boring old white guy puppet that's really just going to be a mouthpiece for the Pentagon and the senior executive service and the military industrial complex? And because China and Russia are maybe Trump legitimately won and maybe this wasn't a a leftist coup, but rather it was the intelligence community going, 
Russia and China are pushing us to civil war. And then when that happens, mean tweets will be the least of our problems. Maybe they put in just, you know, old Joe. And it's like, no, fuck, he didn't win. But I don't know. I mean, I want to believe something like that. I don't want to believe that a U.S. election was stolen by a subversive Marxist group. But I mean, was it that? Did they go? We got Trump's a lightning rod. Did they? Did they got? Did did they meet with Trump on January seventh and go, "Hey, bud, this is what happened. Hey, you won. Between you and me, you won. You're the most popular president in history. Take it." This is what's really going on, and they're pushing us to a civil war. And if that happens, the Russians are coming down through Alaska, and the Chinese are taking time. I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. But what you're saying, it, it, it seems like it's all on the surface. How organic is it, right? Yeah. How how organic is this? I don't, fuck, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I tend to think, given all of the fact-checking, censorship, if you will, that's going on on social media um, for things like the black flag movement and, you know, uh, you know, truck drivers, a, you know, um, you know, let's do a, let's do a walkout on September 11th, you know, let's, let's unionize and just stop all, all shipments on September 11th. And, you know, Hey, you know, it's all these white militia groups or, you know, cheer them on or support them or whatever. Right. If the stuff is not being censored out, yeah. I got to ask myself why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who's behind it? Who's who's supporting it? And why isn't that being washed out when that would clearly be uh, the target of the cancel culture right now? Right. Um, so, you know, it, it begs those questions. But yeah. I, I would challenge you or anybody else to do a little experiment with something, you know, uh, TikTok, Twitter, um, whatever. Right. Set up multiple accounts. And then take one account and start subscribing to you know liberal stuff take one account and start subscribing to conservative stuff and then watch what comes up in your feeds regularly mm-hmm. okay oh, yeah. the the artificial intelligence you mentioned earlier you know there's algorithms and things like tiktok and, and, and these yeah, others i've done this that that will continue to keep you in your echo chamber you know what i mean so if you if you click on yeah Hey, uh, you know, I, I, I like watching gals that are running around uh, with wet t-shirts on and their roof bouncing, you know, okay, then you're going to get tons of feeds on that, right? And then every now and then you might, they might slip in something to test you to see like, hey, would you be interested in this? Um, yeah, I'd be interested in watching somebody do woodworking stuff. Okay, cool. And so now all that woodworking stuff starts coming into your feed, right? Um, and if there's something you just scroll over, then it makes a determination, well, you pass that up enough times where we're not going to put that in front of you again. We'll put something else, right? Uh, but wasn't it China? Or some Asian country that was kind of owned TikTok? Oh, yeah. No, it was China. It was 100% China. Yeah. Okay. So it was China. So China owned TikTok, right? Probably still does. And, I would imagine. And they have, because, the, uh, they the, have the controlling share of Reddit. Okay. And so, you know, you, you look at TikTok, man. Where is that stuff at? It's going to be on that platform. You know, the black flag stuff, the, uh, you know, conservative, you know, white militia stuff. Is that intentional on a government's part or a company's part that owns that to try and fuel some kind of response to cause more dissension in the country? Is it not? You know, what's really going on? So anytime I see, you know, stuff like that in social media that's being allowed to circulate, you got to ask the question, why? Why, why is that You're being allowed right. to circulate on this platform, but not on that platform? When, 
when my 5,000 subscribe was, now we're on Rumble, we're down at 300, but when my little, the 5,000 is a baby little drop in a kiddie pool of a channel on YouTube, when I got the hyper-focused and then just, I, when I got iced for talking about, you know, vitamins that could help fight COVID from the most published cardiologist in world history, when they have a granular control on that, but then it's trending to join your local militia. Yeah, man. Why did that get through? Why the fuck did that get through? Yeah. I mean, right? It'd be like World War II censors, right? When you're writing letters home to your wife and, you know, they, they check all the letters going out in case it's, you know, picked up by a, a Japanese intel officer. If if a letter got through that said, uh, we're, we're going to be nuking... Kyoto, which we didn't, you would imagine the Japanese intel officer would go, why did this get through? Right? Yeah. Why, why did this get through? Yeah. That's something I had never thought of. In, in, when they're so good at censoring everything, when they can put a little faggoty COVID tag on anything that just says the word vaccine, like, about vaccines near you, they're safe and effective. Why is it trending? Black flag movement. Yeah. Or... Or is the U.S. government pushing this stuff on Chinese-owned companies as a preemptive rationalization for why we need to ban them? Do we want to start? Again, you know, again, it's it's one of those smoking mirrors, man. Got to ask why. Fuck. Yeah, and yeah. you know, China. You know, the company Tencent uh, put three hundred million dollars in a Reddit in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, and Tencent is owned as are all corporations in China at least 51% by the Chinese Communist Party. Fuck. <laughs> you got me All I gotta say is things are much bigger than what we can see. You know, thing, things are much, things that are going on are way bigger than what we can actually see. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of entertaining in a way over the last year and a half for me anyways, um, being able to sit back and, and see or read or watch, you know, presentations on a litany of conspiracy theories, right? Everything from, you know, the uh, uh, the Illuminati being puppet masters for everything, you know, to a shadow government in our country orchestrating everything, you know, like the puppet on the marionette or whatever, um, to, you know, hey, uh, you know, our government released video footage of UFOs and nobody can explain really what they are, but here they are. Right. Yeah. And then there's yeah. like no discussion on it after that. Really? Um, that's that's one know. of the things that it's again. Why the fuck? I had on Dale Comstock, Delta Force guy. And I remember after the, the government acknowledged that that's not ours. Dale was the first to go. He goes, why are we seeing that? Why is the Pentagon saying that? He goes, this is preempt. This is preemption for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, think about that. Right. So. So, OK. It, could it be alien spacecraft that we're seeing? That's uh, in the realm of the possible, maybe not the probable, but the possible, right? Um, I tend to think, I think I've told you my, my thoughts on aliens before, right? Um, if they're out there, which I think they probably are, if they can get to us and see that we can't even get past the moon, you know, or we're even still arguing on whether or not getting to the moon was a, you know, made in a Hollywood theater, you know, or set or not, or whatever, you know, we're still bickering about that kind of stuff. Um, they would be so much more advanced than us that we need to be food, pets, or, you know, not worth their time, right? I so I, I, sorry, and I, I think 
Why, why do we even think that they would come here and craft? The, that could, they could be so far ahead that the idea of having to use something to propel yourself might be laughable to them. If aliens yeah. exist and are here, then they're sitting in this room right now watching us and they're, uh, they're undetectable un, uh, via any wavelength of anything. It's sorry. So, go on. So no, no. So so you know, if, if you go down that line, right, and then you you determine for yourself, or you know, make arrive at the conclusion that what we are seeing in these videos that are released on UFOs are, in fact, real craft of some sort. You know, it's a real thing. It's not you know something that just was engineered with CGI or something like that, right? Um, then you got to ask, what is it? Where is it from? Right? And so you know. Are these things specialized, fast moving and jolting and jiving uh, UAVs or something like that that's been developed by Russia or China or some, you know, some country like that? Uh, is this stuff that we have designed and tested and, you know, we're not acknowledging that we have it? You know, who knows, right? Who the heck knows? But again, Project Blue Book, <laughs> you know, I think we talked about this before too. Um, you know, the, the investigation into UFOs, Roswell and all this other stuff, right? Went on for quite a long time and it drew everybody's attention who had conspiracy theories about aliens and stuff to focus on that, what was going on with that, right? And it really allowed our government to do some other things in research and development that probably resulted in things like, you know, the stealth fighter, the stealth bomber, um, you, you know, you, you name it, whatever technology we had to keep secret at the time or whatever, right? So again, subject, distract, here's what's going on behind the scenes, right? Um, but, but there was really kind of a letdown with the UFO release, in my opinion. Yeah. Like some of those videos got released. It was got some, a little bit of attention in the news. You can find some of them on the internet still, you know, they, they haven't all been completely, you know, uh, fact checked and censored. Right. Um, but uh, other than that, there really wasn't much. It was like, oh, okay, there's videos. Nice. Uh, what's going on now? Oh, we got to wear masks again. Or, you know, uh, critical race theory in schools now or whatever. You know, it's just jumping from one, like, hot topic to the next. But that really didn't get much attention. The most. Or, I, I mean, I could be wrong. No, it could have got a ton of attention, was... and I was just living in a foxhole. No, no, no. You're... My buddy Trey came on here. I went to high school with Trey. Trey's a brilliant mathematician. And Trey was asking me. He was like... Is it not the eeriest Twilight Zone shit that the Pentagon acknowledged that they don't know what it is? And everyone's like, huh. Anyway, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, time out. Are they, yeah. were they just, were they dipping their toes in? Was the Pentagon going, let's see how they react? Yeah. Well, you know, in order to get somebody to accept something, you have to condition them. Mm -hmm. Like Pavlov's dog, right? Mm -hmm. It takes conditioning over time. So you give a little bit and they finally accept that. And then you give a little more or do a little more or incentivize a little more or prod and probe them a little more or push them a little more until that becomes acceptable. So what's next? Oh, well, that's just another thing. Yeah, no big deal. The last one wasn't a big deal. So this ain't a big deal either, right? Moving on, right? Um, so the beginning. But it was just interesting to me that, yeah, that got released and it was like, oh, all right, well, whatever, you know, 
uh, can I get a job working remotely or can I still collect unemployment at a higher rate than what I was actually making when I was working? What's it going to be? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, one one theory I have, I actually have kind of two running theories about it, is one, uh, it's ours. And what better way to do a real world like red cell test than to test it against our own Navy? If, you know, if we think what's the best Navy in the world and we go, well, it's ours, we go, well, let's see if this thing can evade it, right? That's what you would do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine they fucking ran the SR-71 or the F-117 against some U.S. assets just to see if we could do it. Okay, now we know it's good. Or two is uh, we're playing this office alien, so when these start buzzing, I don't know, Beijing, instead of people going, that's an American surveillance craft, instead everybody's going... Including us, we're all going, OMG, that's the same UFO that we saw. That's totally insane. It's over Beijing. <laughs> it's over Moscow. It's over Tehran. It's over the nuclear sites. How crazy is that? That's so weird that they just keep circling Taiwan. That's crazy. We don't know what it is. We told you. I mean, go back last year. We said we don't know what that is. It buzzed us, too. That's crazy that it's sticking right outside Xi Jinping's house. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that'd be fucking one way to do it, man. Yeah, right. I mean, it, dude, <laughs> shiny object, man. But it, it, it could have been also released that way to see how much attention it would get to determine whether or not, um, if it was a distractor or designed to be a distractor, how effective would that be? Uh, right. So why not? Why not test the propaganda piece too? If it's uh, if in fact it is propaganda, right? That way you can gauge, okay, is this something like this going to be effective in the future or is it not? We need to tweak the delivery of this uh, shiny object, you know, or how we present it. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so there's, there's just, again, man, I, I end up with more questions about that stuff than I ever do answers. And that's okay. You know, it, it keeps, like I said, it keeps me entertained. It keeps life fun, man. You don't want to know. That's, that's, the, that's, the real, that's the real red pill is when you come to the realization that you don't want it. Deep down, you don't want to know everything because I don't want to be robbed of it. No. I I never want to see the deepest Pentagon bunker because I always want to imagine, how deep is it? Where is it? Well, it ruins the fun, right? Yeah. It's like when you were a kid and you were told about Santa Claus and all of a sudden you, you learn that Santa Claus is fake. Yeah. All of a sudden it just lost all of its mystique. Everything. Right? In fact, it actually made it hard for me to try and you know, convince my kids at a young age that Santa Claus was bringing them gifts and stuff. You yeah. Because I mean, I know he's fake. Yeah. Like, whatever. I got. And now there's people that's going to watch it and they're like, whoa, wait, Santa Claus is fake? We, what? Well, we got, <laughs> me know? and my brothers got red pilled hard. My dad, much to my mother's dismay, told us that he not only killed, no, no, no. I think he said he, he, he shot at Santa, but he told us he did kill the Easter bunny with a shotgun. And that, and he he pulled that bandaid off early. And hey, I mean that was some you know intelligence agency move because now he was like, now we don't have to get you Easter baskets. I fucking killed the rabbit. But no, you're you go. You're right. That takes care of that. Yeah, but you're right. It's hey, on, on the topic of space, you know, there was a couple other things I wanted to bring up, yes. or just call attention to to ask more questions about why. Right? Why did this happen? What's going on here? Um, so, you know, for the longest time, United Launch Alliance kind of held the monopoly mm-hmm. of commercial space lift, right? And then Elon Musk came on scene with SpaceX and Falcon 9 rockets and got some contracts. And um, one of his earlier flights 
maybe 2011 time frame, maybe earlier, it might have been a little bit later. I think it was like around 2011. Uh, Falcon 9 was getting ready to lift off at Cape Canaveral and it blew up on the pad. The ULA sniper? Right? Blew up on the pad. Well, so that was one of the theories, right? Yeah. That maybe it got sniped. Uh, maybe it was hit with a 50 cal round. You know what I mean? Um, is that a possibility? Sure. Well, within the realm of possibilities, the, the obvious question is why? Why would somebody do that? You know, if it was a competitor, is it because they got chipped out of millions and millions of dollars in, in, in having a monopoly on that contract? Was it not? Who knows? Um, but Firefly, which is a new company on scene, new kid on the block for Spacelift, just last week, I think it was, had a uh, space vehicle blow up out there at Vandenberg Air Force Base. You're going to launch. So now you've got a new commercial spacelift guy on the scene, right? And they have a catastrophic event. Now, is this going to be a trend? You know what I mean? Is this going to be a trend? Are we going to see... Is this just hazing? You know, is like, this hazing? The, I don't know, right? <laughs> is it? Is it, hey, welcome, welcome to the club. You, you got to hey, sp- pay your dues. And this space, you do space is hard. You got to, from, you know, if you can set up a security perimeter so that no, your rockets don't explode, then you're welcome into the Brotherhood. <laughs> didn't Zuckerberg's, didn't his satellite blow up on the launch pad? Like, in 2016? Oh, Sorry, keep going yeah. with what you're saying. I keep interrupting you. Maybe. Firefly. Yeah, yeah but no, so, so it's, it's just one of those things to watch in the future. You know what I mean? Um, you know, is Firefly going to be effective in the future or not? You know, are they going to get pushed out as the little guy on the block? Um, you know, what's going on in the space lift realm, right? Um, but I, I just found that interesting. It's like, okay, so you got relatively new on the scene, SpaceX, relatively, you know, within maybe 10 years. That's relative to me, right? Because NASA has been doing this stuff forever and ULA's, whatever, they've been around for a while. Um, so they have a catastrophic event. And now you've got Firefly who's doing their new kid on the block thing. Hey, look at me. Look, yeah, we're getting ready. Ah, shit. What just happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, blammo. Um, so if, if it happens a third time, it's a trend. You know, if it happens a third time, it's a trend. So keep an eye on that one, Tommy. It's fuck. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think. What else is right on the surface that we're not even thinking of? I mean, the first one I saw was stop Asian hate. That was one of the first things I saw. That the my immediate response yeah. was. What is this? Because normally something happens and it's not until months or years later that I go, why was I seeing that? Stop Asian Hate was the first time I immediately went, what the fuck is this? Why am I seeing this? Yeah. Why is this trending? Is is this China fucking with us because they knew that we were going to be... Uh, who knows? Maybe China knew that we were putting black flag propaganda on their apps and they were like, two can play at that game. And it's like ECM versus ECCM. And it's like, so they started Stop Asian Hate so they could preemptively get ahead of us banning TikTok. What other things are going on right now that are that are floating right in the ether right in front of us? And why are we seeing it? And I'm just trying to think, what what is right there? I mean, it's got to be Kabul. Well, it's got to be Kabul. What, what, what is really going on? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big one right now. Um, one of the lesser ones that that I uh, saw recently is uh, some stuff going on in schools where I can't remember what freaking state it was in because I read the article and then I kind of dismissed it and I thought about it again and couldn't find it. Um, but there was a classroom, apparently some some 
parents were really pissed off because a teacher had kids uh, do a pledge of allegiance to a uh, rainbow flag and to the United States flag and, uh, you know, was openly promoting um, socialism and stuff like that, that kind of thing. And I want to say it was a grade school or something, but it, it got a little blip. So now schools are back on on the map for attention, right? Yeah. Here's, here's some attention stuff, you know, uh, more controversy going on in, in schools and what our kids are being taught. Um, okay, so again, why is that making the news right now? I'm sure we've had teachers all throughout our, our, our lifetimes, you know, that maybe didn't conduct themselves properly or deviated from, uh, you know, curriculum or, or try to impress their own thoughts and opinions on kids, you know, because kids are impressionable. Um, but so why is that getting attention now? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I mean, let's, let's not forget, right? Let's not forget that there are things that will pop up and then other things take precedence and we have short-term memory problems so we forget about those other things that popped up. Like the invitation for the UN to come in and do an investigation on, on um, you know, hate and stuff like that in the U.S., right? Remember that? What happened with that? You know, yeah. is that still an invitation? Is that invitation still out there? Did it get nixed? What happened? You know what I mean? What about, um, what about that defector to the DIA? Right. That was like two months what ago, happened, right? What happened Chi- with that? Chinese defector with 20 yeah. terabytes? Yeah. Gone. What happened there? Gone. 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 Just, out, it's just out in the ether. And yeah. I, f- I find myself, I'm going, wait, fuck. How do we, you know, I forgot about it, right? It's, you know, you have a grocery mm-hmm. list item and you go, I don't need to write it down. I'll remember it. And then, you know, you're leaving the Walmart. You're going, fuck, I, you know, I forgot it. Whatever. It's. Yeah, how do I forget that one? Yeah. yeah. That's what I went there for. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I went to get a gallon of milk and I come back, you know, with, uh, you know, 10 steaks and uh, potatoes and no milk. What happened? It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, what else is just right there? Okay. Uh, I'll give you another example, right? Um, so, you know, gun control just recently hit the media again. Um, mainstream media, in fact, on both sides. Uh, basically, people getting upset with the president for not following through on his his gun agenda, right? His gun control agenda. Well, that's, that's interesting because, you know, last time, last time I remember, you know, federal laws going into place is because it was introduced to the House as a bill. It got voted on. It got it got you know, ratified by a presidential signature and became a law, right? That's how this thing works. But if you go back in the last five, five months, maybe six months at most, there was a dispute between the ATF and gun advocates over what constitutes a short-barreled rifle. So a lot of AR-15s and other guns have been sold with short barrels and a arm brace on them Okay, because you know it's it's a it's a bigger caliber. You got to brace it on your arm, and you can't put a stock on it. Otherwise, it becomes a short-barreled rifle, right? So you know it's just kind of like a loophole to get around that. Are people using those arm braces as a shoulder stock, you know, to study the weapon and stuff when they're shooting them? Yes, of course they are. Okay, um, but the argument's going back and forth over: is it is it a short-barreled rifle or is it a pistol with an arm brace? And so um, there was some time where U.S. citizens could basically let their opinions be known to the ATF before there was a ruling on it. Now, 
The same thing is happening with uh, these 80% lowers, right? These polymer handguns where you can buy an 80% lower, mill it out, buy the rest of the parts, assemble it, make the gun. Uh, ghost guns, I think, was the thing in the news about it six months ago, right? You kept hearing about ghost guns, this, ghost guns, that. Um, 80% lowers for AR-15s, for 308s, for, uh, you know, pistols and, you know, whatever else they have out there, okay? And so then the ATF was tasked to determine what constitutes a gun frame, you know? So in the past, a completed lower receiver on a firearm is what got a serial number. And that's what constituted a gun. That's what made it a, a firearm, okay? So if you were to buy, let's say an AR-15 lower receiver that's fully completed, you have to apply for a new gun purchase. You have to go through the background check, you know, with the FBI. Um, it had a serial number on it and that got logged as you buying that or whatever. And then you build the gun out from there, whatever. And no big deal. And now you can do that without having a serial number or have to go through an FFL dealer or anything like that. So that was in the news. And then it got real quiet. And as the, the clock was ticking for people to provide their inputs to the ATF on what they thought about that, okay, um, we had all these other events taking place, all these other things that would pop up on the radar to pull people's attention away, right? So where are we at on those two topics? Um, I don't know, but I do know this, right? If the ATF is allowed to dictate what changes are made that people have to as law pertaining to guns without that going through a bill to Congress, right? To be voted on, is it really a law? If it's not, why would people be prosecuted under that? And ultimately, I have to ask the question, why would a federal agency who is not allowed to make law being used to circumvent the laws that are on the books. Is that a way to get around having to introduce a bill and actually vote on it to determine do we need to make a law for this or not and allow it to go up, you know, to say the Supreme Court to be challenged and all of that kind of stuff to happen the right way? Is this a way of getting around that and using a government agency to basically enforce laws that haven't even been voted on yet, right? And, you know, you look, you look at, uh, what was it? Was it the CDC? The, the moratorium on, on rent? How, how are the two even connected? Yeah. They're not even connected, right? But again, it's, a, it's another agency that is now um, basically making law. At How could that be enforced? I mean, it's not even been voted on. Yeah, it's so, a, it's so what's really happening here, it's a, right? It's a way to get around the center. Yeah, yeah. it's... So if you can't do it, if you can't do it politically through the political system, do you use other agencies to go and press these issues for you? And if you do, are we at a point right now where Americans have been conditioned to just accept these things that they're able to work? Are these, are these like the UFO? Are these just the initial probes? Let's just see what happens. Moratorium on rent, the CDC. I mean... We can't ban free speech, but mm. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter can. I mean, are these just little, we're just going to ban Alex Jones. Let's just see what happens. Five years later, look where we are. It's just a moratorium on rent. It's a pandemic. It's just 80% lowers. It's, are these just ways to circumvent, right? It's like what uh, the comedian Duncan Trussell said about like the U.S. system of checks and balances, 
It's like it's a Rubik's cube. You give it to a monkey, eventually it's gonna fucking figure it out. Like it's it took 250 years, but they're figuring out how to do it, right? Lobbying or whatever. It's there are ways to get a you know. It's well, technically we're not spying on Americans if their info goes to a server offshore. Now it's foreign intelligence, and now the NSA can look at it. And it's you're right. Are we being conditioned to just? It wasn't the president. It wasn't me. It was the CDC. It was the ATF. So, so these are all things that I would encourage anybody who is capable of thinking for themselves to just ask the question, why is this happening? Should it be happening? You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I find myself asking those questions all the time these days, more so than I ever have in my life. Um, yeah, it's, it's so those things, they pop up on the radar. Hey, uh, you know, the, the gun thing, I'll use as an example again, okay? You know, uh, these these ghost guns, we, we really need to say that this block of aluminum, this block of aluminum, that's not even, it doesn't even have like a trigger in it and a hammer and springs and functioning parts, but it's it's a block of aluminum. You know, it's 80% there. It's not quite there, but it's it's, it's almost there. Um, we need to say that that's a firearm. Just like, just like if you have an AR-15 and you put the third hole in it that would be used, you know, as part of an automatic trigger and sear assembly just having that hole in it if you look at atf regulations and stuff like that it constitutes it as a machine gun uh-huh. even if the parts aren't actually there to make it function as a machine gun just somebody drilling that hole could become a felon or a legion, right because it's been it's been identified as a machine gun even though it's not a machine gun at that point so you know, you see these kinds of things pop up, and then when it's time for the public to be able to respond to those things and have their voices heard, you don't, it doesn't get any media coverage at all. It doesn't get social media coverage. It doesn't get mainstream media coverage. It doesn't get any coverage at all, really. Okay, outside of, of people who maybe, you know, are tied into getting news notices or press releases from like the NRA or something like that, right? Um, and so all these other things are happening. Well, if I see it in the news and I'm just an average American who's a gun owner who thinks that, you know, uh, uh, my right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And you will hear that from all of these guys that support that, right? Shall not be infringed. Okay. There can be arguments all day long over, you know, Western, how the Second Amendment should be applied and everything. But, you know, that's the commonly accepted thing amongst gun owners. So that pops up on the radar and all these people are pissed off. But they've also been sitting at home because they've been out of work for a pandemic, right? Their kids are getting ready to go back to school and now they're being told, hey, your kids have to wear masks again. And oh, by the way, there's critical race theory going on in school and you know, your kids are being, you know, saying Pledge of Allegiance to this, this flag instead of US flag or whatever. And you know, there's all these things going on in the country aside from that. Now the timeline passes for people to respond and they don't respond because they're all consumed with the hottest topic of the day the hottest crisis of the day that impacts them and they forget about it right so when you talk about what's on the surface what are we missing go back and and look at things that have have just popped up in the news maybe once or twice for a day or two and then they're gone they're just gone where's the follow-up on that is the press doing us justice by telling us you know the rest of the story right yeah yeah right I mean, Trump was the master of that, right? He'd make a typo 
or like when he boarded Air Force One with toilet paper stuck to his shoe. But that meant that nobody was talking about the $10 billion arms sale to Saudi Arabia. Like, it makes you want... I mean, didn't Kamala Harris, like, postpone a trip recently because she had a headache that was characterized as Havana Syndrome, which is those weird, anomalous headaches people get at the U.S. Embassy and I think Cuba or whatever the fuck. And it's been going on for several years, and uh, it's hypothesized that it's a form of directed energy weapon at U.S. Embassy because it really only happens to the embassy occupants. But... The vice president reportedly suffered a headache yeah. mirroring the the symptoms of Havana syndrome. The vice president was potentially the target of a directed energy weapon, and it was just, there it is, now it's gone. Delta variant's back, yeah. and it's like, what the fuck is that? Now, regardless <laughs> of who's in, who's in the office, you know, who's, who's in the presidency, who's the vice president, who's their or staff, you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't matter who's in there. As Americans, we should be outraged if any one of them is targeted by a foreign government for something like that. A hundred percent. I don't like Biden and Kamala, but Jesus, they're the leaders and they're the pilots of the plane that I'm on. So I have to be on yeah. their side. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I, when I was growing up, you know, me and my brother would fight. My brother was the only one that was allowed to beat me up so to speak, my older brother, right? But if anybody else in the block, any other kid in the block, any other kid in the neighborhood tried to pick a fight with me, they had to fight with both of us because nobody else was allowed to pick on me. Yeah. We're brothers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could do it because he was my older brother. So same in his thing. mind, that, yeah. that was accepted. Well, we should, we should have that same mentality as Americans. It doesn't matter who's in the office. It doesn't matter who's sitting there. You know, if, if a foreign country comes and tries to influence, target, what have you, uh, we should all take offense to that. And that should be um, one of those things that we're focused on making sure it doesn't happen in the future or whatever, right? Um, but you're right. It, it, it's something that popped up on the radar, and now, now it's gone. Now it's gone. Yeah, right. What it's would like... happen? What would happen if, if something happened to our president and our vice president? Speaker of the House become the president pro temp, right? And then what's next? What's after that? They finish the term, and we have another election, Right. They pick, they pick their uh, VP and they finish that term. Why, why, so, you know, what's worse? What's worse? I'm, I'm, we have in there right now. I'm, we could potentially go in there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's kind of like that funny theory that it was like Pence is, was Trump's uh, was his insurance policy. He's like, take me out. You got this crazy gay conversion therapy guy. <laughs> like, you know, it's, but. You're right. I mean, it's Dan. I gotta piss again. But I mean, it, it seems like. I mean, it seems like they're setting up Biden to be 25th. That's what I the feeling I'm kind of getting. And why would they do that? It's so you can put in Kamala, and then she can do two terms. It's a power grab for the longest possible amount of time. Yeah, but you know, she she didn't garner hardly any of the vote. Yeah, in the primaries. I'm peeing. Keep talking. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but basically what I'm saying at the end of the day is, as Americans, we should be, we should take offense to anybody targeting our elected officials, whether we agree with our elected officials or not. You know what I mean, if a foreign government or a foreign entity is targeting them, we, we should be upset about that um, because it, it kind of gives a, a sense of where we sit as far as being respected or not respected on the global front. And right now it looks like we're probably not very well respected. 
as, as a country, as a nation. And it's unfortunate, but that's kind of the way it is. Um, it, nobody really, 100%, I don't think anybody could support 100% their president, vice president, their cabinet, whatever. Um, there's things that we're going to agree with. There's things we're not going to agree with. Um, but at the end of the day, one thing that I think we should all be able to stand on is, dude, nobody messes with America, period. But that's not the case right now. It's such a divided country that it's a, it's kind of a free-for-all, kind of a free-for-all right now. I mean, look at the madness that happened last summer. We had riots and looting and all this kind of stuff. We had a, a quote-unquote insurrection on the 6th. You know, it wasn't which, an insurrection. I, I, there wasn't a single fucking gun, <laughs> except for the one that shot uh, the unarmed lady crawling the door there inside the. Yeah, yeah, you I was, know. I was there. I mean, so, so, so look at all the craziness, man. Yeah, so it's all crazy. We are so divided. Like anything could happen in the country right now. Anything. It seemed like once we got into January 2021, it was really like um, a do-over, uh, just an ex- like a, the 13th month of 2020. You know, it's not really January 2021. No, yeah, like no. I, of- I fully, I, I maintain that January 6th was part of 2020. It's the only, <laughs> that's how, that was January 6th was New Year's Eve of 2020. It's, which I think gives more credence to the idea that, I mean, I had really never thought about till this podcast. Maybe, maybe the higher, the, you know, the intelligentsia, maybe they saw it and they were like, China and Russia are, they're whipping us up to this fever pitch where we have to deploy the National Guard. We're doing X, Y. We got to do all this. And, you know, maybe they were just like, Trump's got to go. Like, he's just, he's, you know, everyone is going insane, right? It's like when you and your brothers are fighting and your mom's trying to stop you guys and she's having a breakdown and then dad comes in and it's like, everyone, like, shut the fuck up. And it's just like, and, you know, and it's like, all of a sudden, orders restored, and all the insanity yeah. just halts. It might, it might be that they were just like we're putting in a boring white guy, a boring old white-haired white guy, and they threw in Kamala for some, you know, for some woke points. But they're because other people say it hasn't, but I mean, I would argue that things have simmered down a lot in comparison to last year. They're not normal, but they don't seem to be, at least in my, you know, tunnel, tunnel vision experience, it doesn't feel like we're on the verge of civil war like we did last year. Yeah, you know, I I, I would agree with you on that. I mean, we're not seeing the same level of rioting and looting and stuff like that. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, right? We're not, we're definitely not rallied under the same flag right now as far as red and blue in this country. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, we're still a very much a divided nation. Um, you know, what's caused that is arguable. It's a very complex issue. There could be, there's there's hundreds of things that have been put into the, causing that. Uh, it's not just one thing. Um, but there, there is one thing that, that, you know, makes me wonder all the time, right? Is blame something called the deep state, mm-hmm. right? Who is that? Who's the deep state? 
You know what I mean? Oh, there, there's a deep state here that's running the government, you know, the shadow government, if you will. You know, that's, that's it's, it's all these, some people say it's all these, these billionaires, you know, they, they control everything. Other people say it's foreign government influence and agents of foreign governments, you know, uh, that are doing it all and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it, is there a deep state? And if so, who is it? And uh, why hasn't it been rooted out? You know what I mean? So does it really exist? That you heard of it, right? Yeah, you know, well, yeah, no. Deep I'm, state's responsible for the election and all this other stuff. I, I, I think the deep state exists, but I don't think it exists in this. It's a bunch of guys at a table on Jekyll Island, like the Federal Reserve or some shit. I think it's probably more of a natural phenomena, like Eisenhower warning about the military-industrial complex, or right the Iron Triangle, the revolving door of you pass legislation and then you know you leave from the Pentagon and go to the defense contractor, and the defense contractor lobbies for these guys, and these guys vote for us to go to war, or we go to war to secure these minerals so that we can go to right. It's this power structure of just everyone patting each other on the back i think that's probably the deep state and it's in in my humble opinion i don't i don't think it's a we're all here and we're smoking the cigars and we're doing this on this day but might be that and if that's the case we're fucked but i think it's probably more of it's probably more of like similar interests this is the analogy i use it's like i was in a fraternity my freshman and sophomore year and there was like eight fraternities Right. And we were one of the eight. And they're always there's always a pissing contest. It's who can have the bigger party, who can get the most girls, who can win Greek week, who can have the most pledges, who can. But on a grander scale, those eight fraternities made up about 10 percent of the student population. So as much as we were out at each other's throats, we all had a very vested interest in us staying on campus because we had a good thing going. And even if you were the eighth worst fraternity out of eight, you're still on the inside compared to 90% of the students that don't have access to these big mansions on campus with pools where, you know, and you, you guys manage all the bars. And I, I think it's probably something like that where it's like there's always power struggles, but at the same time, they have a very vested interest. And again, it's brothers beating up each other, but no one from the outside is allowed to fight. It's probably something like that. I mean, that's what I would imagine. It was probably in all of their interests. And every once in a while, you would get maybe a deep state moment where it's less of a natural phenomenon, more of a conspiracy, maybe whacking JFK, removing Trump. Every once in a while, they do all like a like a like a like a magnifying glass under the sun. Every once in a while, this kind of abstract thing does go and they go what is our existential threat? JFK wants the war to end in Vietnam. No way, buddy. He wants to, you know, he wants to cooperate with the Soviets. Uh-uh. Trump's going, hey, let's take the troops out. Let's stop doing this. Let's stop doing that. We'd, st- we'd stop outsourcing jobs to third world countries. Every once in a while, this thing goes, zoop, and it goes, uh-uh, and it just snipes it out of the air. Again, that might just be how I'm seeing it, but I think it's probably more of an a natural emergent phenomena with with temporary moments of what appear to be top-down control, like temporary alliances between fraternities, but there's no round table. And if there is a round table, that exists sparingly because although they are all united against the 90% of the students that aren't in Greek life, they are ultimately still going at each other's throats. So they're only going to be unified for so long before some fraternity goes, why the fuck are they in charge? 
I think we let's take it from them, right? It's, you know, the king has to fight other nations, but ultimately he's also got to watch out for the second in charge because the very nature okay. of what they're doing is killing competition. Well, you know, if a bear runs out of food, eventually it's going to turn on the other bears, right? It's like you can only... I don't really know where I'm going with this. I, I don't know. I, I bring it back into focus, right? <laughs> uh, I, I think where you're going is that there's no one group of identifiable people that are pulling all these strings globally, yeah, right? I don't think uh, or at least not within the United States. Um, so I think what I'm getting in, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it, there appears to be lobbyists and people who can influence certain events to their favor uh, on any given day or in any given timeline, but not sitting all together going, okay, uh, let's see, we need to get our government to pull uh, out of Afghanistan, move, move resources here. Um, we need to, you know, cut off our own oil pipeline, but allow, you know, other countries to have oil pipelines, but we're going to do it here in the name of, you know, environmental uh, considerations to stop things like global warming and the environmental crisis, right? Um, you know, so what, what does all that mean, right? Where does all that come from? Uh, and so I think what I'm getting is there's not, at least in your mind, there's not a group of people that sit down and kind of just map this all out and then pull the strings to make it happen. Um, but it is interesting how some of those things do play out, right? So, you know, okay, stop the oil pipeline here in the United States, you know, from Canada down here, whatever. Okay, fine. Uh, we're still getting oil from Canada. And if so, how's it coming? The only way it's going to come down is through train, right? Through rail. Well, guess what? Uh, you got you to use an engine on a train, <laughs> probably multiple ones, that are going to create carbons, okay, that are going to burn fossil fuels to move that stuff down here when if you push it through a pipeline, it's pretty much cleaner than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why did that happen that way? I don't know. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of people out there that would say because, you know, there's there's somebody that owns these trains and, you know, they lobbied to help somebody get into power. And so, therefore, this is the, you know, you scratch my back, I'm scratching yours now. Who knows? Whatever. Now, in the big scheme of things, does that stuff really matter? Maybe, maybe not. But even if it doesn't matter, it's still one of those things that pops up every now and then to pull attention. Yeah. Right? Okay, so anytime I see something in, in, that's allowed to speak on social media and, and mainstream media and stuff like that, I go, okay, what am I not seeing? What's going on in the background and who's doing it and why? You know, and we may never see all of those things. Yeah. Isn't it? But the search continues, my friend. The search goes on. <laughs> you know, the more I look at things like this, the more Elon Musk seems like a genius to me. Because I can only imagine he's had this conversation with himself that we're having today about what's behind this and what's behind that. And is it this and is it that? And is it lobbyists? Is it deep state? Is it temporary power structures? Is it emergent phenomena? Blah, 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 blah. And ultimately he's going, there's, you know, there's only really one silver bullet to all this. And it's just fucking leave. <laughs> it's, I'm just kind of, right? It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to Mars. That's what I mean. It's ultimately you come to this conclusion, you go, you know, I can be in Valdosta, Georgia and looking at all the different fraternities and I'm working at the bar and I'm I'm in the, you know, I'm in the power structure of this fraternity. I'm seeing the relationship with here and here and here. And eventually I just went, I'm just going to transfer the University of Georgia. I'm out. <laughs> Peace. And you just leave. <laughs> to me, his genius shines through and he just goes, fuck it. I, I don't care. 
I don't care if the pyramids were built by aliens. I'm out, <laughs> right? I don't give a fuck if Kamala Harris is pushing Biden out of the way. Peace. Well, you know, we, we saw him kind of make that stance in California last year, right? Yeah. With all these restrictions and yeah. stuff. And he's like, look, if you're not going to let my people go back to work, I'm going to pull talks and go to Texas. How about that? Yeah. He's, what are you going to do? And that's it's he's doing that on a much larger scale. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, you yeah. guys can't get along? Fuck it, I'm out. Hey, to bring things back to the AI stuff, uh, since we're talking about Elon Musk at the moment, you know, he put out a, a lot of warnings and a lot of different discussions about artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. He's asked, who's going to regulate this? Who's going to get together and agree on what limitations we put on this? Because it will quickly surpass, you know, the human mind. Mm -hmm. And when it does, what's going to happen with that? And what happens if the wrong people get a hold of it? You know, how will that be used? And I think I think we're, we're seeing, I think that might have been kind of a prophecy to an extent because, you know, we're seeing things where AI is being used for nefarious stuff. If you take a look at um, deep fakes on the internet, yeah. you can still find some of those where, you know, world leaders look like they're saying certain things at certain events and they've never really said those things. In some cases, they were never really there. Oh, yeah. But the AI is so good that it looks like that. Oh, it yeah. sounds like that. It moves like that. It's insane. You know what I mean? It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And and it doesn't stop there. I mean, if we're seeing that in open source, right, can you imagine what that looks What's... like maybe in other countries that are closed to to the Internet like we are? Yeah. I mean, imagine how that's being used for propaganda in places like maybe China yeah. or North Korea. Yeah, when they right. when the U.S. government declassifies the SR seventy one, you go, oh, they've had this for so long, and I wonder what they have now. When we see deep fakes, you go, how long have they been doing this? How long have they mm -hmm. mastered this? To, I mean, there can be, I mean, a deep fake could have more power than a mo mobile army. If you have Xi Jinping saying something, or you have Trump saying something, right? It's a uh, there is a conspiracy that Trump coming out and telling the Capitol protesters to go away. There is a conspiracy for a while that that was a deep fake, that that wasn't actually Trump, that it was a way to. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, it's not that sexy of a conspiracy to me, but that does. You know, I've been I've thought about that more and more about you know the world. The world is so hyper complex with all these power factions, and it's we have all these things, and it seems like no one, maybe for a little bit, for a brief moment of time, you can have like a. They all come together, knock out JFK, remove Trump, whatever. But then it kind of devolves into these competing factions. It almost seems impossible for any one group to to really batten down, excuse me, batten down the hatches on everything and control it. It seems like AI might arise naturally and take over. And would we even know when it, we always have this, just like, well, the aliens are going to come here in a silver saucer versus, you know, we're saying they could be here in the form of nanoparticulate spirit <laughs> molecules going backwards in time. Like, you know, when we wouldn't know it and it's AI might not come about in this like, oh, no, it's, you know, it's the scientist in the lab coat running out of the Pentagon DARPA lab going, oh, it's self-aware, pull the plug. It might not be that. It might be so subtle. And so it might be distracting us with shit like, you know, critical race theory and stop Asian hate and all this stuff. 
I mean, this all might be a distraction as this thing is, I mean, and what is it all pushing for? Ultimately, right now, it's an arms race for computing power. If we're seeing that the most power is wielded via deep fakes and social media manipulation and bot farms and manufactured, uh, you know, consensus, what is this all ultimately doing? It's, it's pushing computing power because that's how you beat the other people. And then you have to go, you know, well, who's behind it? Probably the lobbyists for big computing. Or is there a nascent infantile AI that's too weak right now and it's going, I need to push all of them to build more computers and then that's my coup? Would we know it? I mean, would we fucking know it? And if it's, well, who's designing the AI? If the AI is smart enough, it won't matter who designed it. I mean, we came out of the apes, but we don't look back at the, you don't see any, you don't see the apes going, you know, who the fuck gave them opposable thumbs? Did you have any idea about the nukes? Who, who did, no one coded that into us. We, the, you know, the opposable thumbs and stand up straight. The apes didn't foresee glass skyscrapers and silicon wafers and rovers on Mars. So although we birthed from it, although we birthed from the primor primordial soup of amoebas, it doesn't matter who designed or who said we should be multicellular versus singular cellular. It's like it, it is, it's an escape velocity. So you may design a nefarious AI, but once it becomes smart enough, your design might mean squat. It might mean diddly squat, right? If you make Jason Bourne, Jason Bourne might go AWOL. And now all of a sudden, you're not in control of Jason Bourne anymore. And it doesn't matter. He's now more lethal than anything you can do. Do I mean, an AI could be coming to power right now. Well, you know, when... when well, and so I think maybe one of the main limitations on it, uh, and I think we discussed this in, in, in the past, is the computing speeds are not there yet to enable AI to do what it, what it's, you know, fulfill its potential, so to speak. Um, quantum computing is still in the developmental stages, right? Or at least as far as we know, mm -hmm. it's still in the developmental stages. Um, things like it's it's vibrating too much and it overheats the chips, right? But once, once that gets all sorted out, you know, a quantum computer who can, that, that can make extremely fast computations, like, faster than anything we've ever seen ever, faster than anything we've ever imagined, right? You add artificial intelligence to that, and immediately, what's a government going to do if I'm the government? I am going to start cracking every encryption that's out there, at least for my adversaries. So none of their stuff is safe, right? Somebody else gets that, none of our stuff is safe. So now all of our secrets that are put out there you know, on some kind of electronic medium, whether it's for national defense, whether it's it's for, you know, diplomacy. I mean, you you name it. It's it would all be compromised like that, that fast. You know, um, and this might have been some of the stuff that Elon Musk was talking about. It might be his, his thoughts might be geared more towards you know his vision of the future city where autonomous vehicles are moving people around the city. Now we don't have to have any vehicles. Everything's electronic. It all talks to each other. It's all interconnected and uh you know ai is is determining what vehicle goes where how fast what route it takes and all this stuff and it manipulates everything else right and then it starts to govern everybody's lives and then what happens when it decides you know hey we're a problem who knows right now we're talking about the terminator stuff happening right yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah you know my my you know, another kind of recent, I say recent, like the last year, my thoughts on like the Terminator scenario have shifted much in, it's very similar to your view on aliens, you know, either we're food, fuel or something to study or laugh at. But I mean, truly, 
probably mm-hmm. of no interest. I think it might be, again, potentially, in my own humble opinion, it might be our own hubris and our own ego to believe that we pose any threat to AI. Why do we think that AI would have to... <laughs> We might be so inconsequential, right? It'd be like if algae was like, oh, man, the Americans might remove all the algae because they want to go to the moon. It'd be like, what? whether the algae exists or not, you can slap it on the space shuttle. It doesn't fucking matter. We're going. We might be like, <laughs> oh, the AI might view us as a threat. And the AI is like, what? I mean, whether or not there's organic people in the world, well, we're destroying the planet. Who the fuck says the AI needs the planet? <laughs> Yeah, it's just like that. Deuces. We'll go to another one. Travel at light speed. I'm in. I'm in gray goo. I'm nanoparticulate. I'm moving around at light speed or faster with electron entanglement. I need Earth. Why? You know, it's you, the humans might destroy the, might destroy our pond because us algae are ruining it, and you know, us singular us single celled organisms are fucking it. We have one. We we don't need it. Your pond. Fuck off. Just go build Manhattan. Like it might be. Yeah, but, yeah, but what what do governments do with new technology? They try and weaponize it. A hundred percent. Yeah, every every right? single time. And so, yeah, uh, but AI might be the answer as well. Think about this for a minute, right? I fully um, believe that you know, it's the end. It's the end when, weapon the of the last weapons, arms race that will take over, and then yeah. negate humans' evil tendencies. I would hope. Well, it, maybe it's the great equalizer, right? If everybody's secrets are exposed now because there's no, you know, there's no encryption to safe anymore. There's there's nothing to safe anymore. You know, all of these things are exposed. Um, and AI comes in and says, "Hey, look, uh, I've just developed a cure for cancer. I've developed a way to ensure fresh drinking water gets all of Africa and places that need it. Um, I've ensured a way to renew crops in places where there was never crops before, get rid of droughts. Um, you know, create medicines." faster than we've ever seen, you know, to, to help us get over whatever ailments or whatever, and just eradicates all that stuff. Right. I mean, what if that's the case? Cause it could be right. Then would anybody need to fight over resources, but there's always going to be somebody who wants power, who wants to be in charge of everybody else. That's always going to happen. It's happened in the whole entire history of mankind. Yeah. Right. I mean, what, what do we have? Like 18, maybe different species of humans and one made it. One survived. Fucking, you know what I mean? Fucking kill everybody. That's what we did. Right. I mean, that's what happened. This, right? I saw yesterday a CDC link got fact-checked. You know, the snake eats its tail, man. It's, yeah. Right? You know? So, so you know, maybe AI comes in and says, okay, yeah, well, we're, we're done with all this. But then there's going to be somebody who tries to weaponize it. And so it's a matter of, like, okay, who, who gets it first and what do they use it for? And does it become available to the whole world? Does it not? You know what I mean? The nuclear arms race was thought to end all wars, right? Let's let's say hey, we've we got the biggest bomb. It's going to end all wars. Nobody's going to want to have this kind of war. Uh, bullshit. We've been fighting ever since. But We fought before that. We fought after that. But right? if you look at the total number of casualties and percentage of human population casualties, it's been going steadily down since August 9th, 1945. Still wars. Sure. Yeah. But in a sense, it's it's, it's kind of worked. In a way, but it there's, hasn't stopped. There's no such thing as total war anymore, though. Because total war would t- total war would be global thermonuclear holocaust. Those nine syllables. Yeah. It's yeah. we've sort of hit the ceiling. We right. It's all right. We know we can't go this far because then Dad gets in charge. You know, but we can still have little skirmishes underneath the radar. Right. We just we found the upper Nobody limit. Wants, I don't. 
I don't, I don't think anybody wants nuclear war, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. It might sure. be improbable, but it, as long as people have nuclear weapons, I think it's a possibility. As long as anybody has any kind of weapon, it's a possibility. And guess what? These are weapons, right? Yeah. They can pick up rocks and sticks. You know what I mean? It happened before we had all this technology and stuff. So where's the technology going to take us? Who's going to, who's going to, you know, who's going to govern it? Who's going to watch it? Who's going to be the one that's going to try and take power over it or with it? You know, those are all things to watch, I think, in the future. And I think that's one of those things, uh, being able to ask those questions and continually dig and look is what makes life um, entertaining and fun and not boring at all. At least a little bit exciting, right? My favorite scene from, have you seen Interstellar? Yeah. My favorite scene from the movie is not any of the black hole shit or anything. It's when Matt Damon and whoever are fighting on that planet, right? And they're fist fighting. And, and it slowly pans out mm-hmm. to them just socking it. And to me, there was nothing more, like, symbolic than, like, we're on a different planet using black hole, like, drives to get there. And it zooms out. And it kind of just looks like two monkeys going at it. Yeah. And I just thought it was the most brilliant, like... In the end, it comes down to just <laughs> screaming at each other. They're in spacesuits on another planet. Yeah. But at the end, it, it's it's fuck. I don't want to end this conversation. We got thirteen more minutes till my. I have a doctor. I'm talking to a doctor in thirteen minutes, and but he hasn't responded to me. So I'm yeah, wondering no, if he's not going to show. No. So I'm I'm going to run this one right to the wire. Um. My friend, uh, he's an author. I had on last year and it's I read his book in 2016 it's called The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect and I think it is the single best take on what you just brought up AI getting rid of resource scarcity and thus competition but we're humans so we're always going to want something well if everyone has everything we're going to find some new metric well I have two AIs right it's you know it's we're always going to be going at each other because that's what we do we're the warring ape Roger's book tackles all of that and it goes in and it completely like fleshes out those ideas of how do these things take place what do we do when we have everything what weird extents do we go to um i'll send you a link after this to his book you can read you can read it online for free i had him on last year and now he comes on every sunday we've we've done like 50 episodes together but i think you're someone that would enjoy that it's my favorite book ever and it's yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to read it. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, you don't have to. I don't give a shit. But like, it's 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 a fantastic. It tackles everything you said, or questioned about resource. What would we do? Where would humanity go? Someone's going to want something over, and it goes into all of that. Um, but you know, hey, one 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 other thing I want to bring up, man, because I know we're short on time, sure, possibly. Um, but I, I was thinking about it earlier, and I I didn't put it on my list of, of events. Uh, but it, but it is recent current events, right? As we're pulling out of Afghanistan, there's a group of American veterans who decide to go in on their own and evacuate Afghanis who helped us throughout the years, who would otherwise be slaughtered by the Taliban, mm-hmm. right? Pineapple Express. Yep. And Canada. I don't know how much how much information that I, I found is accurate, true, whatever, because, you know, you just never know with those things. But Last last numbers I read, it got like over 600 people out of Afghanistan, right? So they don't talk about like how they got in there. There's there's some testimony in there from some of these guys, you know, available like, you know, hey, we worked with people on the inside a little bit. We did this or that, you know, and whatnot. But 
here's here's what that tells me. And this is why America is so freaking awesome, right? So great. Is that we have the ability to do anything we want, pretty much anywhere in the world. We really do. Yeah. Okay. There's policies that get put in place and there's roadblocks that get put in place that stops us from doing it. That, that tells me if, if a group of veterans can go in and extract people out of one of the worst environments in modern history, get through checkpoints that are manned by terrorist organizations and get these people out of the country, okay, in the midst of all of that chaos, then we can do that anywhere in the world with our, with our, our forces and with our veterans. Now, to put that in perspective, okay, if there were to be a civil war in this country, it could be very, very ugly yeah. for anybody who's on the opposite side of those veterans. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you think about that. Right? Yeah. They didn't need American, they didn't need governmental approval, they didn't need any of that stuff, they just went and did it. They yeah. just went and did it. Okay. Um, some of that stuff has been happening off and on quietly over the years. Uh, there was there was veterans that went into Iraq to help get interpreters out of there when ISIS was making a bum rush on Baghdad several years ago. Right? They just went on their own. I mean, one guy I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention him and stuff or give you a lot of details on it because I need to respect his privacy. But he he started to go fund me, and him and another guy went in to extract an interpreter and the interpreter's family and get them out of Iraq on a GoFundMe account okay so this stuff's been happening so if, if there ever is a civil war in this country again if it happens anytime soon before all these vets start getting old and crippled and start dying out or become ineffective right these combat hardened veterans it could be very ugly for anybody that's on the opposing side i mean look at billy Wall. so i hope that never happens in this country Oh, yeah. So I hope it never happens um, because that's the worst thing that could happen to our country um, is having a civil war. But but if it if it does break out, uh, I'm, I'm with you. You know, let's find a place out in the woods that we can, uh, you know, retreat to and consolidate and let it all happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, I bring it up all the time on this podcast and I've had doctors tell me they're like, Tommy, I'm coming out there with you. So we have some brilliant physicians from Harvard that are going to come provide us with world-class medical care out in the middle of the woods. So we're going to have a Mayo (laughs) clinic in a log cabin. We're going to be sitting happy, man. We're going to, you know, that's, that's my 10 dimensional chess move is I'm having on people from all walks of life and I'm gathering all this information and creating this network. And now I'm going to have my own kind of breakaway civilization. But you know, there's, there's a beautiful parallel to that, to pineapple express. And it's not only can they do it, without help from the government, they can just go do this. Or they had patriots on the inside helping them with government assets, which is still, it's 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 like the antithesis of that Arthur C. Clarke quote, right? Either we're alone in the universe or we're not. Both are equally terrifying. It's the opposite of that. Pineapple Express has two explanations and they're both heartwarming. It's either these veterans can go out there with just like a ragtag group and go do this without the government's approval, or they did it with insiders in the government who are, you know, mums the word. But that means there are still guys on the inside that are, you know, they're 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 still patriotic. Both both outcomes or explanations are beautiful. It means that like not all is lost. And I, I, I truly believe that. I don't think everything's fucked. I think I think the sort of running narrative that America's lost and it's done 
to me, I think that's a demoralization campaign. No, di- in mm-hmm. in a in a in a system where they can censor anything. Why is that constantly a talking? The decline of an empire. We're in the end stage of an empire. Why America, why the U.S. dollar will not be the back or the reserve dollar. China's bound to surpass us. Here's why that's a good thing. American hegemony is waning. Good. Why is that all getting through? There are no trends are organic anymore. So when you see that trending. All right. Far right radicals are the number one threat to our nation's security. Right. Uh, who's fact checking that? Yeah, exactly. Why it's, you know, because we didn't see those guys. We didn't see far right radicals, you know, looting and pillaging and burning down cities <laughs> last summer. Okay, we didn't see that. And if they were present in the Capitol building on the sixth of January, they weren't armed. And some of the video footage I saw, they were actually walking orderly within the ropes across the rotunda in there. Okay, so there was like a pathway leading from one door across that domed rotundra to another door. All right. And these guys were in inside the ropes walking on the carpet. They weren't like thrashing that stuff around and tearing down paintings. I was there, Dan. I can send you I can send you like a hard drive of all my video if you want. It's fucking it's fucking amazing. Um, But uh, the doctor is going to be here in five minutes. Damn it. Now, he's a cool guy. I want to talk to him, but I haven't fucking not having a great conversation with you. Hold on. Um. Um, fuck, but, I mean, that's allowed to perpetrate yeah. on, on social media and in the news and every place else, right? So, so why, why expansion is of that? The, expansion of the police state. That's what it's for. Yeah. Well, we haven't down. seen, you know, right-wing radicals organizing and doing things like that outside of, of one failed planned attempt to, what, kidnap a, a governor? Where 12 of the 17 members of that were FBI. There you go. I mean, it's, um, but, uh, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So just question everything, man. You know, why is this not being censored? What's the point? Why is that out there? What, what group of people, what demographic is it trying to stir into what kind of action? You know what I mean? Every, everybody should be asking those questions. Everybody. You know, there's something really fascinating about January 6th when they're like, the day America's government was almost overthrown. You know, you have the anti-gun crowd saying, there's no point in owning guns. The military will crush you in a second. Yet a bunch of people who own guns but did not bring them almost overthrew the government? Uh, I don't know, man. And then second of all, you know, it's... uh, it's I had some on, I had some I had on some guys that served in Iraq, you know, the Delta Force guys, Dale... And they're all talking about, they're like, the point of the Second Amendment isn't so that you can beat the government. You don't have to win. You just have to not lose. And that's what we're seeing right now in Iraq and Afghanistan. They didn't win all these years. They just didn't lose. And now they are winning. All you need, the U.S., the full force of the U.S. government. Hey, the full force of the U.S. government was, hey, no holds barred, holding no punches for 20 fucking years over there. And guys in sandals with AKs took it to them. Well, you know, that's because they were 100% committed. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So if um, you try to overthrow this country, you're going to have people, this is their homeland. You're not going to, it can't be done. There was was an article I read recently, and if I can find the link to it, I'll send it to you. Um, But it was about a guy who who was an intelligence collector, you know, on on an airborne platform, listening into stuff. And he was listening to the Taliban as they were getting slaughtered by American forces. And these guys are on the radio or however they were communicating and they were pumping each other up 
yeah, yeah we lost 100 guys, but hey, keep up the fight because they're, they're we're turning the corner. We're pushing the Americans away, right? So these are guys that, you know, lost 100 of their bodies in one day, in one engagement, and yet they still kept morale high enough to keep people fighting. I, I now, read that article. That's 100% commitment. I read that article. One of, yeah. the, one of the lines is, go, you know, it's like, Muhammad, go place the IED. And he goes, yeah. I don't want to. And the other guy goes, it's too cold for jihad. And the other guy goes, yeah. I agree with you. It is too cold for jihad. And it's just like, these are just bros busting each other. And you go, fuck. They're cracking on each other, you know? <sighs> Damn. You we, can't, you, you know, they're 100% committed. And they're, they're using weapons that are 30 years old or older. Yeah. Damn. We got to wrap this one up because the, right, the good doctor's waiting. Fucking right. let's not wait a year and a half to the second one. Let's set up another one because this is why I wanted to have you on because you and I <laughs> fucking, we bounce back and forth like like it's fucking magic. So let's set up another All one. Right. Don't ghost me. Don't go MIA. Let's set you up another it. one. I got to talk to this doctor right now, but I'll text you after that. All right. All right, brother. Take care, man. Good talking to you. All right, man. You as well. All right, buddy. Peace. Recording All right. stopped. Yep.